0: I'm going to go bite face. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak.
1: It's Thursday, May 31st, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 413.
0: This is No Agenda.
1: Enjoying my luscious bath salts here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry.
2: And from northern Silicon Valley... Where it's garbage day. Oh wait, I said that last week. Oh, and the week before. I'm John C. DeVore. in the
3: morning. Ah, uh,
1: your your ingenuity and creativity never ceases to amaze me.
2: Yeah, I know, I'm really good. Indeed so, you top are. Top news. Top news. <laughs> zombies. Bath salts. Zombies. There zombies. There's zombies, bath salts, and the more important <laughs> birther item. Which I want to—I I actually want to talk about this later because I think we should go into it in depth. About what? Mark Zuckerberg stiffing the staff for his lunch in Italy.
1: <laughs> what? Really? This
2: I... is a big scandal
1: in Italy, apparently. Wait a minute. So he didn't go to the, is he, What you're saying is he, he didn't... went to lunch. Yeah.
2: With his wife, yeah. and then he t- he didn't tip. <laughs>
1: I, if you want to, if you want to talk about it, because of course, you know, I made the I, prediction. I do, but
2: I want to do it a little later. But I want to talk about it by uh, I have downloaded all the different tipping sites <laughs> about what you're supposed to do, and I think it needs a little discussion because I think a lot of people are. I I know when I'm floating around, I always have to look it up because every country's
1: got their own things to do. I have one standard. One well, standard. It's five bucks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> At the four bucks. seasons. No, no, it's 15% unless I really liked it, then it's 20%. That's what I always do. Yeah. Standard. And wherever I am anywhere in the world.
2: Yeah, and there's some places where that would be an insult, and that's fine. You don't care. Where would that
1: be an insult?
2: It's in, this, in the insult of the countries, the insulted
1: countries. Where would that be an insult?
2: There are places where we, we'll get, talk about it later.
1: Oh, well, I got the tipping facts here. Then what are we talking about now? We're not talking about tipping. We're not talking about Zuckerberg. What do you want to talk about now? Okay, we can talk about tipping. No, I'm not that interested. 15%. I am. <sighs> Let me just read this, though,
2: just to give Zuckerberg a break. According to Rick Steves, who you see commonly on the PBS uh, Nation's, uh, whatever it is, they're selling books. <sighs> In Italy, if you tip, if you really like the place, the food and the service, if the waiter is very friendly, for example, in the U.S., the waiter has a small salary. But just because you will have to do a lot, of, get a lot of tips, tipping is necessary in Italy. No, you don't tip. Your salary is good, and the tip is something exceptional.
0: All right.
1: You know, but the guy's a b- multi-billionaire. You think I am? I 100%. am banning stories about Zuckerberg on this program. <laughs> I am. I'm just banning it. It's done. I'll and, just call Coward, okay, just refer to him as Zuck. Oh, I don't think so. Hey. Hey. Well, a couple of interesting things this week that uh, I've been tracking. I would have to say the most um, astounding news article I read was the one and only New York Times. The, of course obviously compromised but you know the the uh, the the paper of record with i thought was quite a detailed uh, explanation or or overview of president obama's love for drones and uh, his secret kill list and the baseball cards and his involvement uh, even uh, with deciding on the fate of a 17-year-old girl whether uh, she should be droned or not, and for the New York Times to publish this, I thought was exceptional
2: when really that 's interesting you 'd say that well, when did we first discuss this issue oh well we 've been discussing it for years so now you 're pleased because years later the new york times i 'm telling you what what 's interesting about this article is the Is what, how the left has
1: reacted to it. Well, of course, this is obviously, uh, I have a little clip from CNN if you want to hear.
2: You give me that and I'll throw my clip at you.
1: Okay, so this is uh, Wolf Blitzer and, you know, we're in the summer months, so everyone is, uh, we have all the the fill-ins, which is pretty funny because they all suck. Um, but this is uh, Wolf Blitzer's Situation Room, and he talks to some nondescript correspondent over there at the Pentagon in their uh, uh, green screen studio.
4: What you see is from a New York Times article that sort of really laid all this out in the greatest detail yet is that the president is is involved almost at a tactical level and the change in technology has allowed this president to make decisions that no previous president would be able to do so what you have is a wide variety of counterterrorism officials national security officials weighing in looking at the biographies of suspected terrorists to decide who's going to be next on the kill list and then finally, the president himself can weigh in and, and make an exact decision. Because of technology, because of these drone strikes, it's the president himself who can make these sort of tactical decisions. Uh, I spoke with an analyst, uh, Peter Singer, who said there are actually two kill lists, one being run by the military, one by the CIA. And the danger in that is that you can manipulate the list. In other words, if you have a target that maybe doesn't meet the criteria from the military list, you can sort of put that name on the CIA list. And what that could do in some cases where you have this overlap is it opens up the process to perhaps manipulation because you've got some of the same people involved in these meetings, Wolf. How does that make any sense?
1: What?
2: How does it make any sense what he just said? You got the military says kill X Y Z. The CIA says kill X Y Z, and because the guys on both lists, that that opens up manipulation. Well, sounds like to me the guys on the A list. Well, what? <laughs> What's he talking about?
1: He's he's in front of the velvet rope. Oh, the I think what he's saying is if um, if it doesn't if a name doesn't fit according to the military's condition to be on the kill list then you can always go over and talk to the CIA. So it's not really manipulation, it's just... Uh, you know Getting the guy in the list. You know, just, you're on the list no matter what. With different agendas, agendas. in these lists.
5: And at least for now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the legal opinions...
1: This is nice.
5: The White House legal opinion, the Justice Department legal opinion, DOD legal opinion authorizing these targeted killings with drones, and other means if necessary. Those
1: legal opinions remain classified secret, right? So that's a, uh, an interesting question. Uh, they remain secret. Listen to the guy's response. He, he, he answers the question and then goes straight into something else because, of course, he doesn't actually know how to talk about it.
4: Those remain classified, and neither the White House nor the Pentagon has really given a full accounting of how they measure civilian casualties. They-
1: and it goes into something else. Now before you get to your jeez, how did you talk about changing the subject? Uh, yeah. um what I found uh, interesting in context with this is Ulsterman uh, published another White House insider uh, report.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, I I didn't get there. This
1: yeah. Time. And uh, uh, his focus in this report, which may or may not be coincidental that the New York Times uh, reported this. I'll just read some of it verbatim. Barack Obama takes personal pleasure in using those drones. Now, why is that? This is the insider speaking. Because that kind of obsession, that ain't normal. He's a lazy slob of a president, but that damn drone program has his full attention. He loves the shit out of those goddamn drones. He spends hours watching television or flying around giving another speech, but he don't miss one of those kill meetings. So ask yourself, why? Why? And I'll tell you that once you figure it out, then you see the big picture. You see what's going on here. You see the payoff. You see how odd things he said in the past and how they make a hell of a lot more sense now. You see what a second Obama turn really means for us. You see why the military is getting more and more nervous about this guy. You see why it's got somebody like the old man, that's the Wall Street insider, so upset and so damn afraid. Obama loves them drones. He's made it a personal priority above all else. Why? Why? Well, I got the goods. I told you what their reelection plan is, how they're going to use race, division, chaos. That's the reelection plan. And the drones fit into this uh, scheme. And he says how? Well, that's going to be in the next in the follow up report. Oh, it's a tease. It's a tease. Um, But do you what do you think about that? And I'm taking this White House insider well, first as of all, valid. all, I, I
2: think the guy's got. He's, he definitely has some good context in the uh, in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you see these, when people do these sorts of teases, that means they really haven't got any
1: evidence. They're just working well, on uh, it. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe.
2: I mean, come on, you know, it's just like you know, whatever we watch is the six o'clock news. I mean, I don't like it. Um, well, there's a couple of things that happen. One, uh, Rumsfeld came out and can. And for doing this, which I thought was weird. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I missed that. Yeah. Rumsfeld came out and said this. This is not a president's job to micromanage this sort of thing. I also believe that this is putting him in a position of becoming a war criminal.
1: (laughs) Well, do you think?
2: If it is, if he isn't already, so so I'm watching Democracy Now, and they, they don't know what to do. These, these left wing guys. Oh,
1: they must have been freaking out about this. They didn't know. Where, they're just how to, going, yeah. oh
2: God, they're, they're hand wringing. How are we How can I vote for him? I have to. I don't want Romney, and you know, I won't vote for a third party because I, I don't know why. And uh, so Glenn Greenwald, who's a really outstanding writer, a, a progressive. He's a very, he's very left. Uh, he writes for Salon and he's ex- well regarded. And I've I've always enjoyed reading him. I think he's, he puts his stuff together quite nicely. But, he, but he's a leftist, is what you're saying? He's a big yeah. time leftist, okay. big time. Mm-hmm. But but a good one. He came out and I think he kind of he kind of brought. To, to the fore on the democracy now now he's on a Skype connection, so it breaks up a little bit, but he brought to the, I think he really hit the nail on the head with the concerns of the left and and I, I want to play this clip. it's a little long, but it's worth listening to from his perspective. And I want to just do a little deconstruction at the end to explain something that I think I caught in here.
6: This is why I wrote yesterday, you know, I think one of the things that the New York Times article did was shed light on President Obama's character. You know, we can talk a lot about his policies, and that usually is what's most important. We've known that he's been embracing these radical theories of executive power that even George Bush's former CIA and NSA chief, General Michael Hayden, has lavishly praised and other Bush officials are over the moon about in terms of um, President Obama endorsing him, so we know his policies have been extremist and and radical, but here you have one of the most controversial things as I said earlier that a president can do ordering an American citizen assassinated by the CIA in total secrecy with no due process, never been charged with any crime even though they could have charged him if they really had evidence as they claim that he was guilty of of plotting terrorist attacks Um, and instead of charging him they simply secretly ordered his assassination and it turns out that there was no struggling in terms of of the difficult constitutional and ethical and legal issues this obviously presents. According to the president's own aides, they're boasting to the New York Times that he declared that this was a quote, easy decision, not anything that he struggled with, Something that he made quite easily. And so we find out that not only is he exercising this radical power, he's not even having any struggles with conscience or constitutional questions or legal or intellectual uh, quandaries about it. it. It's something that, as as uh, his national security advisor Tom Donovan also bragged to The New York Times about, it shows how, quote, comfortable he is using force, even against American citizens. And, and that, I think, reflects really on, on the type of person um, that occupies the Oval Office.
1: Okay. Let's hear your deconstruction.
2: So it's that much of a deconstruction because it's pretty obvious what the problem is with the left. They don't care about all this killing and droning. They care about the fact that that Obama is not anguishing over this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not. Oh my God! Dude, can we do this? And he sits and he worries and he reflects and he reads a couple of books. And a priest comes in and a rabbi comes in and he hand rings. That's what they want.
1: Well, that's the then the th- it would be okay. Yeah. Well, that's the theater that George Bush would put on. He was pretty good at that. Yeah.
2: Yeah no he was good he was a good a good actor yeah. but th- th- what gets these people is that obama is so it's, it's casual easy. and cool cavalier because he's mister cool in every respect yeah yeah i think it's ground just bomb this killed this guy this 17 year old screw her she's dead Let's go bomb. And then, of course, in the New York Times article, they did mention this one little factoid, which is that apparently there's no civilian casualties because they've defined a militant as anyone between we, just their age group. Do, yeah, if they're from 18 yeah. to
1: 40. Or if you're doing jumping jacks. right? So <laughs> it could be, yeah, you're training. You're training, <laughs> you're tra- doing jumping so, jacks. So don't this you're, is, he's training. Drone him. Drone him now. Well, I just want to remind everyone, uh, over a year ago, or was it now two years ago? Here's what the president said uh, during the uh, White House Correspondents Dinner.
7: I have two words for you. Predator drones. <laughs> you will never see it coming. You think I'm joking?
1: Now, this was directed at the Jonas Brothers, and it kind of shows that he's a psychopath.
2: I think he's totally a psychopath. I
1: mean, and and here's a question that keeps popping up in my mind. If this is such a great way to do it, and, you know, it's okay to have a couple of uh, civilian casualties as long as they're doing jumping jacks, and, you know, we're happy to drone people in Pakistan. Why didn't we do that in Abbottabad? Why did we have this whole elaborate so called uh, SEAL Team 6 uh, capture mission? Why didn't we just do use the drone well, there? Why? I have an
2: end of show clip. Uh, Ed Klein's got a new book uh,
1: Yeah, I have this clip too. It's for uh, <laughs> Valerie
2: Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking the following because Valerie Jarrett, according to Ed Klein,
1: your friend Valerie. Oh yeah, who I've been saying. I told you she's the one. I told you she's the president, and now it's coming out.
2: She apparently was dead set against C- sending in SEAL Team uh, Six. And the president, according to Klein, for the first time ever, because everybody else said we should do this, except also Biden. He was also against it, Yeah, uh, which he doesn't talk about too much. But she was dead set against it. And so he overruled her and they let the military do their thing. Uh, I would suspect that she would be promoting the idea of just droning that place and the hell with it uh, right in the middle of uh, Abbottabad. Right in the middle of town, which is a little risky, but who cares? I think she might be the one behind, just encouraging to do
1: more of this droning. She's, well, uh, I can't wait to read this guy's book. Um, What's it called? It's called like... Amateur. Amateur. (laughs) Amateur. I I always kind of dislike it. He was on, was it Rachel Maddow, I think he was on with, Right.
2: Uh, no, this was actually an interview on Fox with...
1: Uh, oh, okay, good, because... Uh, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I ha- Let me see how long my clip is, because it's not an end-of-show clip. Yes, yeah, it's just 50 seconds. This is... Oh, uh, play it. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's Klein, I think, with uh, Ma- Rachel Maddow.
7: Anything like this in modern presidential history, one person who's the best friend of the First Lady and the soulmate of the president, who is the last person to leave the Oval Office after a meeting... Goes upstairs to the family quarters, has dinner with the president, goes on vacation with him, has his ear, is de facto right. president of the United States. Wow, that is
8: big. Well, let's talk about her resume. Does she have the resume to have this job?
7: No, she doesn't. But what she does have is the trust of Michelle Obama, number one, whom she hired in Chicago. And the president, who uses her as his gatekeeper, mm-hmm. she keeps away people who might come in and in some way embarrass the president, um, try to get him to do things that he doesn't want to do. She she is the radar right. for the president and the first lady. And she,
1: of course, is the, the true Chicago connection. Something else that I noticed is that the... Obama re-election campaign headquarters, and we found out about this uh, during the, the NATO summit, they're located in Chicago, which is not typical for uh, an incumbent president to have his re-election campaign headquarters not inside Washington, D.C.
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is the same clip. Uh, oh, got it is have, the same? Okay. Yeah, it's Fox. Only the, the, he goes on with some other little no, details no, he does. I he, thought were more interesting,
1: personally. Yeah, I, and I figured uh, you'd have that, so uh, we'll play that as end of show clip. That's, so, that's how uh, it works here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, there's something fishy going on. He talks about the uh, the fiasco that Valerie Jarrett set up to try to get the Olympics to Chicago. Which oh, was yeah, remember that. Yeah, yeah. And that was awesome. <laughs> 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 it came in last. <laughs> Good job. And how can you come in last, if you're Chicago representing Chicago and you come in last dealing with a corrupt organization like the IOCC? Mm. Uh a corrupt city and a corrupt you know you think it would work out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you not corrupt enough apparently. So anyway, this yeah. is uh Well, but it's
2: this, uh, the, this droning thing is very
1: disturbing. I'm lacking the outrage, that's for sure. I'm 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 lacking the outrage. Uh, amongst american citizens because we know that the president will drone an american citizen in another country so how long do we have to wait and and are these u.s drone programs just going to be surveillance or will they i mean will we it's possible that we actually will see someone droned in the united states i would predict it do you think it'll happen before the election no Hmm. no way
2: that would cause some problems but eventually, I think it will happen. I think they've opened the door for it. And the public, apparently, I mean, it's everything to me is always test marketing. What's the public reaction?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, right now, it's like, meh, meh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, everyone no
2: doesn't care because we're an uneducated population that, you know, it's, it's deeply in debt for student loans and the rest of it. And nobody cares. They don't pay any attention. I mean, besides our show. Well there's, well, there's case in up. point. I mean, they do on Democracy Now!, but there's a show that
1: nobody led. That we have a, probably a bigger audience. But there's <laughs> there's case in point. The test marketing, they floated it out there. No one cared. Maybe that's what this all was. And I was like, hey, yeah, whatever. Well, he doesn't seem to be uh, mad. Uh, you know, he doesn't seem to be uh, twisted about it. But otherwise, you know, it d- doesn't matter if he's doing it. So maybe maybe this, the test is successful. and Now we can move to the next phase. You'll say no. I'll say We'll see some kind of drone activity. I don't think we'll be shooting Hellfire missiles, but I think we'll, we, before the election, no, sometime, <laughs> sometime, during no. the, sometime during the I'm summer. putting it in the book. Yeah, I, I would say before the election, we will see drone activity in the United States where someone either got tased or beanbagged or teabagged or something. I, th- I think we'll see that. It, we have to go to the next stage. In this,
2: I don't think you could take a chance, but I, I, here's what I'm putting down in the red book. Okay. You're predicting drone activity in the USA were Aggra- some
1: hit. Agree, yeah, aggressive drone activity. Uh, let's, yeah. let's call it that aggressive drone activity before the November election. Right, before November.
9: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this is not going to happen.
9: Okay.
2: Well, we shall see. I'm pretty sure on this one. All right. Well, anyway, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning, to all ships at sea and boots on the ground and subs in the water and feet in the air.
1: And foots at the post office, apparently. And, of course, everyone in our chat room, the human resources all lined up, ready to go, charged up, depleting your $9.2 million value. Thank you so much. Noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, happy to be with you. It's the best podcast in the universe. We have the award plaque to prove it. And we do this uh, twice a week, Thursdays and uh, Sundays in the morning. And uh, based on our value for value model, people have been supporting us for the past uh, couple of years. And we would like to thank some who check in as our executive and associate executive producers for today's program. Did the spreadsheet come in? (laughs) Uh, That would be your cue, yeah. Uh, Well, there it is. (laughs) Well, while you open it up, I shall thank uh, Joseph Wagner. Nothing's attached. Oh, there it is. Joseph Wagner, who will be knighted today, comes in with $411.14. Hey, John and Adam, I've been donating since 2010. Thought it was time to finish off my knighthood. Oddly enough, the amount left to finish things off was $411.14, a palindrome. Thank you for everything you do. I hope this helps you with just getting by, living the American dream. Please plug my podcast, soundcloud.com slash onlyhearsay. Thank you so much, Joe Wagner. Joe, thank you. And we'll put you on the uh He's down here in list. Emeryville. That's also,
2: right. Also, uh want to thank uh, Dimitri. Uh, f- you took the easy one. Yeah, of f- course. Fedoseyev. F- <laughs> Fedoseyev. 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 Fadasayev. Fadasayev. Fadasayev.
1: There we go. Wow.
2: 333 from... He's in London. Hi, guys. Here's my value for value. A longtime boner from Gitmo Nation fighting politicians now living in Gitmo East like a de-douching.
10: You've been de-douched.
2: Sir James Howard from Indianapolis, three twenty one zero seven. I got a solicitation from my bank begging me to get their new debit-credit combo card, and you're so great that we can offer you an APR as low as 12.99%. <laughs> I, I exercised my basic human right to call that, take, t- told them to take a flying leap. I wouldn't even use your damn bank if I could make electronic payments from under my mattress. Adam, this segment on human rights is worth a donation on its own. Please, before you give that acupuncturist any money, (laughs) ask him how needles are able to detect the presence of mercury in the body. That wasn't the needles. It wasn't the needles. Yeah, it was the stuff he put on him. It It was the the other uh, mumbo-jumbo.
1: I I know what it's called. It's called applied kinesiology. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I don't feel any worse. (laughs) Applied kinesiology. You know, I got equal amount of people saying... It's bogus, as the people saying, it really works. So yeah. jury is out. Sure you did. Yeah.
2: Uh, Herbert Harms, uh, yeah, <clears throat> as long as you're still doing the show, I don't care what they do to you. Herbert Harms, uh, Great Ben, Kansas, $300. Uh, hi, John, and I meant to get this in before the holiday weekend, but alas, here I am. The donation should complete my knighthood. Thanks for the work uh, you put into making a great show. Uh, uh, associate producers, we've got a couple of them. Tyler O'Brien in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, two seventy oh seven. Which means yes, Sunday. Hey, John, just smoked a joint. (laughs) Come on, do the voice, Uh, man. Do the voice. Hey, John, Adam, I just smoked a joint. Figured I'd make a stone donation. I've been a listener since show one. I've donated before, (laughs) but it's been a while. And I felt myself turning back into a boner. Could you deduce me and give me a war on chicken, Huntsman Karma? That'd be great.
1: <laughs> now, as I understand it, that actually hurts your throat to do this.
2: No, it depends. If I don't hit it just right, because that, that's the same voice kind of I tried to do with the tech hippie, even though I had to modulate it a little differently <laughs> because it was a little more gravelly. That yeah. always hurt my throat. All right, here it comes. <laughs>
11: Chicken. Chicken chin chin.
12: You've got karma.
2: I love it. You didn't give him a de-douching he asked for. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. It, it, it,
0: it,
10: it, 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 it. You've been deduced.
1: It so, was right on the button. It's so complicated. Everything's complicated. It's like all these combos.
2: Scott in Dawsonville, Georgia, 20707. Uh, <laughs> why do you do this to me? The first hour of 412 is. Blowing my mind. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, uh, <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> donating drunk again. <laughs> Second half might bring more. No executive producers for the other show. Bullshit. <laughs> People, <clears throat> bullshit. <clears throat> People, Need to get off their ass. This is the greatest podcast in the universe. <laughs> anyway, here's what I can afford right now. It's Monday Memorial Day, and I finally got visitors out of my house. Now I can have fun. Thought the booze, they are, they are all booze. I really like the slide whistle duet thing you gave me last time. No need for karma right now. Call out asshats for not donating. Okay? Douchebag.
1: That's for the asshats. You do that so well, John. You are such a talented man.
2: (laughs) Gary Kostelnik in Mission Viejo, California, 201. I don't have a note from him on here. It might be in the... uh, I'll check.
1: I'll check why I do the next one.
2: Christopher Wolf. Morrisville, Indiana, two hundred dollars and eleven cents in the morning. Uh, John and Adam, the donations for my second executive producer spot to put on my IMDb listing that is to come. I previously sent you some sovereigns, an Aussie, and a Kiwi five spot, and a check for my podcast license that I never received. Oh no! Put them on the list. Yeah, I'll, I have a I'll balance of one seventy three eighty five to reach my knighthood, so this should put me over the top. I'm looking forward to my ring size ten point five. I would like, by the way, these vary from place to place. I would like a deducing karma for my still-struggling music career that I saw a small boost since my last donation anyway. I'm also giving myself this knighthood for my birthday, which was May 30th, so I could get a birthday shout-out as well. Keep up the good work, and don't snub me like... On the ring, like you did on the podcast license. Uh,
1: I'll get you the podcast license. I'll do it right after the show. Adam, you like might that.
2: consider giving up the quest for an announcer gig and try being a hand model for
1: <laughs> rings or watches.
2: There's actually less prep for that job, and nobody will say, hey, isn't that the MTV guy?
1: <laughs> a hand model. That's actually not a bad idea. I think I shall put a, a reel together. An od- an <laughs> I audition- put a reel together. An audition reel.
10: <laughs> You've been deduced.
2: Also an anonymous, karma. an anonymous donation from Q Gardens, New York, of $200.07. And Rick Cable in Modesto, California. Love the show. $200. Follow John over Twitter. Listen to your show while I'm coding my site. Finditclassifieds.com. Oh, cool. Well, look it up. Uh, Thomas Casey, Rotterdam. If cheap Indian bastard can donate, so can I. <laughs> <That's>, hell Yeah. <laughs> So I do have one make good here. Let me see if I can find it. We oh. do have a black knight that has to be added to the list. Oh. Uh, who has not, who, got not got... who has not been knighted yet? I don't believe so. Okay. And I keep sending this note around and nobody... So this is from Sir Gear. Well, Okay. And, he, and I promised him because he gave $606 a few... Like a month ago if he mm-hmm. wanted his birthday mentions. So you got to put him on the birthday list. Mm-hmm. Um, He did it. This problem that got... It's a long story why this got screwed up, but whatever the case is, I promised him a double karma for one and only time for anyone because he's a well established knight. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that. Well, I have to do double karma. Yes, I'm sorry. To
1: play it twice.
2: Yeah. This is dumb. Well, we won't do it again.
12: You've got karma. You've got karma.
2: Okay. I just want you to feel the pain. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed you put a big gap in there just to torture everybody. Was that- he, this is the Norwegian uh, in Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he just talks that kept rain until 1905, blah, blah, blah. The Swedes and the Danes are regarded as cousins, so no hard feelings. He wants to apologize to them for some reason. No EU on us. No EUR for us as long as we keep pumping oil. He says it seems peak oil does not apply to uh, Norway. And then he says uh, he should qualify for a second knight who likes to donate to his son Dan, so he's a black
1: knight. I we did this. You sure? Uh, no, but I'm. I it doesn't
2: matter. I don't, do, I don't. Do you remember? A, a, he wanted to be knight uh, Sir Daft. Yeah, we did this. But we never gave him the double karma then. No. you would have bitched about
1: it. Yeah, we, gave, we definitely knighted him. I remember that, Sir Daff. All right, no, we won't knight him again. Okay. I do have another knighthood, which uh, came from Austin Local, in the form of gold. Oh. Gordon Walton. Uh, and you probably won't remember, but Gordon, um, during the Hot Pockets Tour 2008, uh, which was held uh, in 2011, uh, Gordon Walton picked this up. When we were at uh, here in Austin, and drove us down to the meetup. Really nice guy, and he donated. Uh, I think it was six hundred dollars uh, at the time on the spot, on the spot donation. And he took uh, Ms. Mickey and I out to lunch last uh, yesterday at um, Man's Smokehouse, which is very famous here in Austin. It's uh, it's located basically between two gas stations now. It, you know, it's still the old fashioned smokehouse, but they built all the stuff around it. And we had a great barbecue lunch. And he donated to the show. Uh, I have them here. Two. two sovereigns. So those are each uh, a quarter ounce of gold. So that's uh, half an ounce there. And two liberties, which are 10 ounce. So that is a grand total of uh, 50, 70.7 uh, ounces of gold. At the current prices, which um, are falling, which actually went up uh, this oh, yeah. morning at the current. Uh, well, he's also he also said, if John bitches about it, I'll give me the coins back. I'll give you cash. But I said, no, no, no. I, I think the gold, the coins are great. I love the coins. And so he will uh, be knighted in the gold order today. Uh, Gordon Walton. So Ooh, I like cool. the gold order. That's yeah, good. the gold order. Well, we, we've had another knight who was in the gold order, I think. And you have the coins there. So it kind of works out. We uh, you don't have. I only sp- have
2: one coin. I don't have
1: four. Right. That's another, right. Thing.
2: Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I have n- neener neener neener. I have four <laughs> coins. You've got one. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see each other this year. We'll exchange. Uh, probably not. <laughs> not if I can help it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> or
2: dot
6: org or, slash, slash na, N-A.
2: Also, by the way, the Channel com slash uh, NA, no noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com are also places where you can uh, uh, find uh, ways to donate and help us out on the show. Also, you can mail us a uh, check, which is listed on the No Agenda or on the Dvorak.org slash NA site. There's, a, there's instructions there. And also, direct um, you can do a wire transfer if, the, if it's a large enough, enough amount, otherwise, it's overpriced. Uh, and you just email me, and I give you the instructions on that.
1: And we highly appreciate the the showing of support today from our executive producers and associate executive producers. These are actual credits. Uh, if you have an IMDb, uh, you, or if you, even if you don't, you can start one up, and you can become accredited there, and you can put it on your LinkedIn. And unlike the phonies in Hollywood, if anyone questions the validity of your uh, credit for the program, we will vouch for it. We'll get on the phone. We'll talk to them. We'll set them straight. Uh, And it's great. It's value for value. That's the only way that we can uh, keep the program going. And it is highly appreciated. One PR mentioned, John, uh, and I tweeted this out yesterday. And uh, it'll be in the show notes, of course. Sir Andrew Gardner, who I believe is also celebrating a birthday today. uh, He came in second in the Memorial Day races. He races, I think, in the 450 motorcycle class. And uh, some great pictures. So he has noagendashow.com on the bottom of his bike. So when he goes around the corner, pfft. It pops up in white letters. You see <laughs> noagendashow.com? What's that say? <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's very obvious. And uh, so I tweeted that picture out, and I've got all kinds of people who participate in different forms of racing, you know, like the Mustang class. And there's all kinds of uh, amazing uh, races that go on all over the country. And now uh, that guy's going to put uh, noagendashow.com on his car. And I think, you know, we, we are basically the first podcast with its own racing team. <laughs> and, and not to mention ask forces ask for hey that doesn't work by the way askforces.com let's see it doesn't work
2: well then we have to fix that yeah. somebody has that to fix out. I'll
1: have to yeah. s- try s- it s- try s- askforces.com it does, it last time I, oh it works today I'm sorry it's working now so it got fixed okay uh, so maybe that would be... I, I like it, No Agenda Show, or maybe we, someone will set up noagendaracing.com, but I think the most important thing is that you and I get uh, pit passes uh, to all of the races, and, uh, you know, and we can maybe you know, score some babes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some, yeah, some pit babes. Some pit babes. That's, that's why we do this show, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. Now, of course, if you don't ride a bike, you can always propagate the formula. Our formula is
7: this. We go out... We hit people in
3: the mouth
1: Come on, kids, say it like you mean it.
4: Shut up slave.
2: So since we did have Sir Georg chime in, uh, what is the tipping in Norway?
1: Are you, you're asking me? Yeah, I'm trying, this is a quiz. I think you give the person a herring's head. Do you tip hotel maids in Norway? I tip hotel maids any, everywhere I go. I always put change on the pillow when I vacate the room. Always. Change? Yeah, like whatever dollars or whatever I got in my... So probably about five I bucks a day. I, t- I tip. usually I leave I all do the
2: that. tchotchkes and crap, cra- Especially the t-shirts. The, the
1: lint. The I lid. No, I
2: don't leave the lid. <laughs> I leave all the, There's a lot of cool stuff that I'll pick up at a trade show, and then it's when I'm traveling, and then I'll. That's uh, so lame. I,
1: it's, I bring we're it home. we're I got in up junk. I we're mean, in a depression, John. We're in a depression. You got to leave dough. Hard cold. You know, I love it, uh, and I usually stay at crappy. you know, when I go to San Francisco. I stay at the Courtyard by Marriott, which is a really crappy hotel. Is it? it, it oh. well, I love it because. It's just walking distance to everything. Yeah, it's walking distance. It's real simple. And everyone's kind of, you know, there's no poshness to it. So there's no stuck up a-holes walking around. So, you know, it's not like the W, which it's half the price of the W. And, you know, and I like it. And then if you leave five bucks on the pillow in the morning, and I'm usually there for a couple of days, then the room, you know, you can really see that they pay attention to it. And it's really nice. You know, they, they put the love into it. And I, and I like that. I think it's very important. You know, they're working for slave wages there. So, hey, um, so, so something, I have a theory here on this, uh, on the clown capade that is Donald Trump.
2: I have the clip.
1: Okay, we'll play your clip and I'll give you my theory. Which, uh, which, oh, this, this
2: is the clip uh, Wolf Blitzer, oh, Blitzer. Oh, okay. had Trump on it, the two, and Trump is just, he doesn't even pay any, and then he insults Blitz, Blitzer. Yeah. Who calls him an idiot after that, and then he says, no, you're an idiot. I mean, what is this? This is well,
1: ridiculous. I, I think I know what it is. Let's 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 listen to you good.
5: Okay, on this birther issue, after the state of Hawaii formally says this is the legitimate birth certificate, he was born in Hawaii, why are you going through all of this, Don?
11: Well, a lot of people don't agree with that birth certificate. But if, a if the lot of state of Hawaii
5: authorizes authentic. it, if the state of Hawaii says this is official, he was born in Hawaii on this date, here it is, why do you deny that?
11: A lot of people do not think it was an authentic certificate. How can you say that? if You won't report it, Wolf, but many people do not think it was authentic. His mother was not in the hospital. There were many other things that came out, and, frankly, if you would report it accurately, I think you'd probably get better ratings than you're getting, which are pretty small.
5: Donald, have you seen (laughs) the, the actual newspaper announcements within days of his birth in Honolulu. For example, the Honolulu Star Bulletin, will put it up there. Uh, you see the birth announcement back yes. in 1961, the Honolulu... Hey, listen, listen history, to me, Donald. Wolf, am Honolulu, am I can, you, can I, I ask, so can you I ask you the question? Obama? Donald, Donald, you're, you're beginning to sound a little ridiculous. I have to no, tell I you. I
11: think you are, Wolf. I, uh, let me tell you something. I think you sound ridiculous.
1: <laughs> okay. So I have uh, I I actually took a little different piece from that but it's okay I don't need to play it uh because what what Trump is saying is you guys the media you're playing this up. I just actually let me play the beginning of it because it is kind of important for the next one that I have on this for the, for the theorem. Uh listen to the beginning here.
11: Because what he said was wrong and what he said was uh- He's
1: talking about the the reporter who uh is, teased Trump coming up about, you know, Trump being the the, the birther
11: guy. Uh, almost as though President Obama wrote it, but I'm sure he knows that. And I thought it was a very inappropriate introduction. But go ahead with your first question.
1: So what Trump is saying is, and he does go on to continue on this track, is that the, the, the president wrote this introduction about Trump being a crazy birther. Uh, almost, uh, you know, and and this is what CNN is propagating. And uh, we had Johnson Nunu. Uh, you want to give a quick background on Johnson Nunu because he was a, a big wheel back in the day, right?
2: He was. I think he was in the. Uh, was it, he was in the. Was it the Nixon administration or the? I believe uh, it was. Mm, well, let's I take think. A so look. I think so. Uh, well,
3: you know. It's, Sanunu
2: was. was the 75th governor of New Hampshire of 83 to 89, later White House chief of staff under George H.W. Oh, there you go. He's the father of John E. Sanunu, which is another one. We have to know which one we're talking about, but it, I think this is the uh, John H. is who we're talking about, who, who, who you refer to in this story. Right. So yeah, it was George H.W.
1: So, he, But he was a big wheel, and he is now... Chief of um, staff. Yes, and he is now the... Um, He's a consultant or something for the Republicans, uh, maybe even directly on the Romney campaign so uh Soledad O'Brien, who you and I both know uh, I've worked with you've worked with her right with Soledad? yeah yeah she's sweet she's very sweet, but she's out of her depth so of course uh, we've we've got the we've got the vacation period with us now, which means absolutely no one is watching c n n It was already bad, as Donald Trump pointed out there, quite interesting quite funny. Uh, so she gets to fill in for Anderson Pooper and do all these things. and But she's got the hubris of, like, I'm a real journalist to go with it, which is kind of a mistake. Johnson Nunu is a, a well-practiced guy. He knows-
2: yeah, and he was also known. In fact, he was called the uh, – let's see if I have it here. Um, the Bush's bad cop.
1: Mm-hmm. So, this, yeah, so this, guy, this guy knows how to handle reporters, and he certainly knows how to handle Soledad O'Brien. And smoke is coming out of her ears when this goes down. But it's important to listen. A, it's just funny because Soledad is like, she's, just, she's blowing it. And um, and it's also funny because Tanunu is saying the same thing that Trump is saying. And I think that's where we're going to get into something interesting. The
0: fact is, is that
1: this country has a jobs problem. You see, he's doing the same thing. Why do, why do you want to talk about the Bertha thing? It's, it's ridiculous. Let's talk about jobs and the economy. And supporters of
0: the president, like CNN keep wanting to talk about other issues.
13: You know, it's interesting every time you ask anybody a hard question, they suddenly go to this, "Well, you must be supporting." I have This no isn't job. a hard
0: question. This is an easy question. Mitt Romney has made it clear he believes the president of the United States was born in the United States. Now now so we can talk about the big issues so in this country. So let me ask a follow-up 24 up question. 24 million people unemployed and 24 second. million people underemployed.
13: Uh, which I agree with you on that front. And we're going to get to that in one second.
1: But <laughs> so uh, she's, like, she's in the deep end without her ringlets on. Like,
13: uh, I agree with you on that. We'll get to that. Does that sound
1: good? Before no. we get
13: to that, I want to ask you, why does Mitt Romney not go further? For example, what? as I'm sure you have yeah, this is great. seen many times, uh, when John McCain was posed a question by a woman you know, who asked him a question, not only did he say, here's my position, he said to her, let me correct you. So I'm going to play that clip for you aren't first. You and then we'll talk about aren't you it embarrassed to side. be
0: speaking directly from the Obama speaking points that they distributed <laughs> yesterday?
1: She, she has this expression on her face like, uh, well, well is what I was told to do. Aren't you embarrassed to sound exactly... Like the Obama
0: spokesman talking about John McCain? It,
13: this, this is, is ridiculous. Uh, this is a clip that we have played before. You should it be embarrassed. Many times. It's a conversation that's been. Oh, had. come on. Come Listen, on.
0: Let's talk jobs. Let's talk jobs. Is that
13: because you don't want to talk about the fact that a major it's fundraiser that's is. Not a because not birth- an issue.
0: <laughs> it's not an issue. You there is nobody in the Romney think- campaign that believes that the president was not born in the United
13: States. So
0: then how come someone doesn't say Donald Trump is wrong? And we're going to tell Trump Donald Trump is wrong. The president was born in the United States. That I think now might be the f- first time. Well, thank you. No, Why it isn't, ma'am. Mean? No it isn't. It's just because you don't read enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, brother.
1: He's mopping the floor with poor Solada. <laughs> oh, death. this is bad. Yeah. So uh, that and she's really But tr- he's probably right. I think
2: I think there were some talking points that went out.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, well definitely. And she
2: was just r- repeating them. I don't know that she knows that the talking points were given to her well, here's, because, you know, they, they, you have writers on these shows mm-hmm. and they yeah, put some course. stuff on the prompter course. and you just go with course. it. Of course. here's The what producer I th- is the one. Here's
7: what
1: I think is happening. So uh, there is actually a lot going on, uh, a lot of research in Hawaii. And it's it's still, you know, the crazy Sheriff Arpaio. And you call him crazy, he's, he's still an actual sheriff. And there is new evidence, I believe, that is going to come out. I think that the administration is aware of it, and they have hired Trump. Because I, you know, I don't trust Trump for a second. It, all, all I know that he's really good, I don't know if he's good at real estate or anything like that. I see his name on buildings. You know, he's, As far as I'm concerned, he's just a, a front man for a whole bunch of other people. I think they have hired him to stir this up so that they can call everyone a nut job when the new evidence comes out. That's a good one. And, the, and, and I've seen some more deconstruction. Uh, I, and, I, and I do see CNN is on this continuously. You know, they talk to someone in Hawaii, someone who was in the office. They show another guy getting his birth certificate from the, from, from the Hawaii records office. And they say, oh, it's just like the one Obama got. It's exactly the same. Why don't they believe it? There's too much. It's, you know, you doth protesteth too much, my, me thinketh. There's too much going on, and I know that in the conspiracy birther circles, they there is talk of a new, really great new evidence. And of course, we we did recently have um, the president's own bio from his publisher come you know come out saying, uh, you know, born in Kenya, raised in Hawaii, and of course that was just a mistake. Obviously, I mean, please, I was oh no, that was just a mistake. I think if you
2: look- well, I don't know if it was a mistake or not.
1: Some people. No, you I'm, I'm being.
2: You, you, we are, you know, thinking the guy's a psychopath.
1: I'm being facetious, obviously, with how he I say. He used
2: that.
3: it to
1: sell books. No, I think the cover up is not. Uh, there's a there, this. The Kenya thing was brought in to cover up something else, and that I think is the evidence that's going to come out. I believe that. The whole born in Kenya, not born in Kenya, was covering up something else. They never expected the guy. They expected the guy to be important. They who control him, uh, but they never really thought that he would make it all the way to the White House. And they blew the cover up of something else. Maybe who his real father is. You know, we can't pass. Well,
2: there is that. That, that has been in the discussion before. I think two years ago. I think, I believe that I brought up this this connection to this guy that his mom was having an affair with who was a very famous and i don't have the documentation in front of me anymore but i do remember it Mm -hmm. which is or i remember it i don't do remember it sorry
1: (laughs) um i can tell you who i can give you the name keep going
2: yeah that guy that he was he's like a left-wing uh ideologue that was very and he looks more like in fact i Recall the, uh, the the documentation on this showing pictures. Here's what Barack looks like now. Here's what his dad looks like now, the Kenyan dad. Mm-hmm. And here's what Barack looks like now. And here's this guy. They look like they're the same person. This guy looks just like Barack Obama. And there's a known fact that he was hanging out with his mom a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the belief. Yeah, Which was- makes him an American, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no, th- th- that's the interesting part. That's the irony of the whole thing. That is that is exactly the irony. It was uh, Frank Marshall Davis. Yeah, that guy. That's, that's the guy. Yeah. We've discussed this at yeah. least 2 years ago yeah. on this show. That and I think somehow there's evidence about that and who is this Frank Marshall Davis guy? I think it's
2: going to be DNA stuff coming out. That's probably what's going to happen. So
1: that that's the is that there's DNA um that will prove that Frank Marshall Davis was his father. That is the big the big rumor. Who was Frank Marshall Davis?
2: Well, he was a famous uh, left-wing uh communist, a uh, borderline communist, mm-hmm. uh, uh black radical as I recall. Uh-huh. Uh, what's his name again?
1: Malcolm X? No, not him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Davis. Fra- what's his Frank, name? Frank Marshall Davis. Frank. Oh, Marshall. interesting. Let's look at the book of knowledge. He's from uh, Honolulu. There you go. Mm, uh, but he, but wow, yeah, that's him there.
2: Yeah, that guy. You know, we're so far ahead of the curve on this show. It's kind of sometimes uh, we forget,
1: and then we have to go back. Like when were we, we, we talking? We don't this? remember. It's so long ago that
2: we've discussed this stuff. Yeah, and yeah. now it starts coming out, and we're like, we seem flat footed because it's like way we're way past this. Yeah. Okay, so here he is. He's seventeen. Blah, blah, blah. He was a he's a news guy. uh Freelance articles, short stories, poetry, including things like Chicago's Congo Sonata for an orchestra. He was a news guy.
6: Yeah,
2: yeah, progressive news guy. Let's see if there's anything about his radicalization, disrupted industry, and attracted attention from authorities. Workers conducted large. This is the Democratic FBI. He was apparently tracked by the FBI. Hard, he also authored a hardcore pornographic novel, which mm. would be a good one to get a Yeah. A book titled Sex Rebel, Black. Corn. Memoir, Memoirs of a Gash Gourmet. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> Under the pseudonym Bob Green. <laughs> the, I'll write that down. Memoirs of a Gash Gourmet. That's his porn book? <laughs>
2: yeah. He visited lectures at uh, Howard.
1: He's a, he's a poet. Uh, 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 <laughs> some poet so, so, you know, I think that the reason why the birth certificate has been falsified is to cover up the fact that uh, that Barack Obama Sr. is not his father, it's Frank Marshall Davis
2: and in his the, memoirs Dreams from My Father Barack Obama wrote about Frank a friend of his grandfather's Frank told Obama that he and Stanley, Obama's maternal grandmother Her grandfather had both grown up only 50 miles apart near Wichita, although they did not meet until Hawaii. He described the way race relations were back then, including Jim Crow and his view that there had been little progress since then. As Obama remembered, it made me smile thinking back on Frank and his old black-powered dashiki self. In some ways, he was as incurable as my mother, as certain in his faith living in the
1: same 60s time warp that Hawaii had created. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there's a connection between Obama's mother and Timothy Geithner.
2: Yeah, there is. I remember that. We discussed that about a year ago with some detail, and that was because she worked for one of Geithner's operations as an assistant, and I think she was uh, knew him fairly well. Yeah, there was a—I don't know if that's got anything to do with this, but— That connection does exist. Okay,
1: Geithner's father, Peter Geithner, was the head of the Ford Ford Foundation's Asia grant making in the 80s, including microfinance grants. Obama's mother, Ann Dunham Sotero, developed the microfinance program in Indonesia. So there's, you know, I think that that is, it's the cover-up. The cover-up is the problem. It's, you know, I... I, th- I have to agree with you. I think you know he is an American, a natural born citizen, uh, but not the one that we've been told. And th- and that cover up is coming back to bite him in the ass. That's the problem. That's why they hired Don- Donald Trump. Who you and I could hire him if we had enough money. He'd go out there and say, you know what, Wolf, the best podcast in the universe is this no agenda show. <laughs> How much do you think it would cost to, to get Trump to do that? A million? I don't think it would cost as much as you think. But really You think it'd be cheaper than that, huh? We could get yeah, Trump Light, he, we could get his dog. He's one of
2: those guys, he works. He's a work he's a workaholic who'd do anything for money. So I think you know, twenty grand you'd probably get him to do that.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, let's put in a call. Who do we call Man, for? That? I
2: know these types of people.
1: Do you know who to call?
2: No, and I'm not doing it. We are the best podcast universe, but well, it would be we, cool we would if Trump are, said that. It would be worth 20,000. We'd probably But not on uh, well, not on get,
1: CNN. It would have to be on a on a real yeah, news, CNN news show. They take yeah. one listen to this show and go, "Oh, right, these guys." No. no, you should Idiots. do it on like, you know, O'Reilly or something where people are watching. I don't know how we're going to get we, we going to get to
2: plug in O'Reilly show
1: <laughs> or ABC. Let's get let's get Diane Diane. Yeah, Diane. Diane, I just want <laughs> <laughs> Diane, you sauced up bitch, you. Listen, the best podcasting universe. Have you ever heard that? She goes, what? 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 <laughs> what's a podcast? Podcast, what? 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 I don't know. Uh, uh, uh. Anyway, so I think that's what's going on there. Uh, and I think that's it's a good theory. It's like a, it's like a double whammy. It's a, it's a reverse on top of a reverse. It's a reverse psychology reversed. You know, so, of course, they're worried about the cover-up coming out. So hired Donald Trump. To have CNN bitch at him. He yeah, has a smokescreen. Yeah, and because he and Sununu are both saying the same thing. Let's talk about jobs. No, no, you're part of the scam. You're part of the theater that is being set up. Unfortunately, well, actually, it's this is a good place to do it because no one really watches CNN, but then the CNN clip gets used over and over because that, yeah, you, that blitzer thing. Is everywhere. Yeah, that blitzer thing got used everywhere. So I think that it, it's a strategy. But, you know, if, that's, if they have to resort to those types of tactics, we're, I mean, that's really... Then things are really out of control. And they got some real problems. And you think uh, Obama's got problems. Did you see uh, what happened to Tony Blair in, uh, in Gitmo Nation East? I love this. You what, because of his PR guy? No. He was... Uh, he's... He's going through, you know. He's, he's testifying again. The guy's always always has to testify because. You
2: know, oh, is the Iraq testify? Yeah, testimony?
1: exactly. Okay, yeah. so we we know the guy's a war criminal, along with uh, George W. Bush. Yeah, uh, oh, and
2: everybody seems to
1: be. I mean,
2: which by which will bring us back to the Charles Taylor thing, which I think is kind of interesting, since a war criminal. I mean, this is. I don't know. This is. I. I, I would be. I if I was president. We didn't. We didn't, or, we didn't talk about Charles Taylor yet. No, I've got some clips about that, yeah. but I, I was going to say, if I was president in today's world, with the especially after the Charles Taylor thing, you'd shut down the internet. <laughs> well, I'd do that anyway. But I just think that the, the idea, like what Obama's doing with these drones, is just he's not going to be able to go to Europe
1: ever. No, oh no, he's he's going to have to go to you know Paraguay, Paraguay, or maybe just go hang at the Bush ranch. He's working for them anyway. Yeah. In yeah, in Paraguay, exactly. So he, he, he's a. This is a very interesting three-parter, really. Only a, a minute of, of audio, but a three-parter. First. So he's testifying. There's an interruption, and then what he does next really caught my attention.
11: Uh, Labour Party policy at this stage, but we can we can check his evidence on that. Well, I thought it was part part of the five, but anyway. Okay, we, we, we should check it.
9: Me. this man should be arrested for war crimes. J.P. Morgan paid him off for the Excuse Iraq me. war. Three months after he invaded Iraq, he held up Please. the Iraq bank for 20
11: billion. He was then uh, paid $6 million every year and still is from J.P. Morgan six months after he left office. The man is a
1: <laughs> right on very good i like this the man, <laughs> wow. and, and by the way i totally I missed that one i totally this was live i totally agree with the jp morgan connection it's it's completely true you know blair got out he's he's you know he's a hundred millionaire making all kinds yeah, of consulting guys, fees presidents
0: yeah,
2: that it's never not, used to happen although it's, it's claimed that martin van buren was the first guy who monetized the presidency and could come out of the presidency as a public servant richer oh, than yeah. when he went in which is what we saw with Clinton and his wife
1: a ludicrous amount of money this is this is now the scam it's not what you do while you're in office it's what you set up to do when you're out of office so you get your you know your compound in the paraguay ranch and so now the the judge or the the douchebag presiding over the uh, over this a court hearing uh, has something to say
14: and uh... I'd like to find
11: out how this gentleman managed
7: to access the court through what is supposed to be a secure corridor.
1: I will assert that it was an inside job. I will assert that we have our people everywhere uh, in all uh, positions of power, and the elite should be very worried about this, because, of course, a guy can't just burst in through a secure corridor... No, because he was let in. This is how it works, and we're everywhere, and this is going to happen more and more, and Blair's afraid of it.
3: And I'll have an investigation undertaken about that
11: immediately. I apologize. That's fine. Um, Can I just say, actually, on the record, what he said about Iraq and J.P. Morgan is completely and totally untrue. I've never had a discussion with them about that.
1: Now, why would you do that, Blair? Why would you, uh, it, it, it was not true what he said.
2: That was uh, a mistake. If you, if you go back and play that little sec, that, that clip again, he parses it in a funny way that uh, it just,
11: Oh, yeah. Yeah. On the record, what he said about Iraq and J.P. Morgan is completely and totally untrue. I've never had a discussion with them about that or any relationship between them you and Iraq.
1: Not- <laughs> I know. He, he says... I never had a discussion with about them about that. that. Oh, yeah. No, he's totally lying. That's what I mean. It's like, why would you even... I mean, th- what an idiot. He just made it worse.
11: Yeah, he should have just... Shook his head And
1: the, and and the judge tries and, and the judge tries to save him
11: You're, feel, you're entitled to say what you want yeah. You should not feel it necessary To
1: um... nay on the eightman stay Airblay Shit. Idiot A Zip yeah, the lip Yeah shut up man Shut up I got this covered Now what are you doing
11: points No, I appreciate that, but part of the difficulty, actually, with modern politics, and I'd say this not as a criticism of the media, is that my experience of the reporting of these events is that you can have a thousand people in a room, and someone gets up and shouts or throws something, that's the news.
1: Yeah, no, it's the truth. It's not the news, it's the truth. You're a war criminal. War criminal. So I I thought that was... Kind of fun. And, uh, and, and I, I hope we see a lot more of this. And, it, and that was clearly an inside job, the way the guy got well, in.
2: Well, yeah, well, I think the, the judge is right. How did you get in?
1: Yeah, because someone let him in. Is that how it or works? Or he was,
2: yeah, or whatever. These
1: are media hackers, man.
2: So I'm uh, watching, uh, talking about war criminals. Mm-hmm. So I'm, is you here Victoria Newland, <laughs> your buddy?
1: Yeah, I have a I have a couple uh, State Department clips, but are we move, are we moving on to Syria, John? Yes. Okay. I promised
2: I would do that when we sent out the last newsletter that we 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 it was unavoidable. Yeah,
1: I got I got talking some. Talking about Syria, you can,
2: I'm sure you've got some better stuff than this. But this one thing got to me. Victoria Newland is, of course, the spokeshole for the Department of State. But she just seems like a dummy to me. But I like to, I'm going to ask, this is an Ask Adam. Mm-hmm. Why don't you play the, the Victoria Nuland blames Iran, I, Iran. I'm sorry, for the Syria massacre?
10: This morning, we called in Syrian charge d'affaires, Zahir Jabour, and informed him that he is no longer welcome in the United States and gave him 72 hours to depart. Uh, we took this action in response to the massacre in the village of Huala. Absolutely indispe- indefensible, vile, despicable, massacre against uh, innocent children. Hey, hold on women a second. Had- Stop it.
1: Hey,
2: back it up. Did she say indispensable?
1: Let me listen again. Interesting choice of words.
10: Vile, despicable, no, Further massacre- back. Further back. Okay. Despicable. <sighs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it comes.
10: the massacre in the village of Huala, absolutely indefensible.
2: Ah! Uh, She was going to say indefensible, then she said indefensible. Or she was going to say indispensable, and then she said indefensible. Interesting.
10: Vile, despicable massacre against uh, innocent children, women, shot at point-blank range, by regime thugs, the Shabiha, aided and abetted by the Iranians who were actually bragging about it over the weekend.
1: Oh, ask Adam,
10: ask Adam, yeah. All
1: right, you can ask me.
2: All right, where, where were the uh, Iranians, and she said it right, by the way, yeah, uh, Iranians bragging about it? Bragging about it over the, I looked and looked and looked. No, they
1: were not bragging about it. There was well,
2: why did she say they were bragging about it? And this got picked up by all
1: the news media.
2: Uh, <laughs> they're behind it.
1: <clears throat> um, there is so much disinformation going on about this uh, hula hoop affair. So, uh, of course, uh, we need to step back just a few steps with the BBC starting off by uh, and uh, talk about indefensible. The BBC showing a picture of Iraqi bodies from uh, 2006, I believe, and saying that those were the bodies of Syrians. The, uh, you've, surely you've heard of this,
2: right? Yeah, this was all over the place, right. and this uh, so, and they this did picture. They-, they used it on the front page of the BBC website, and mm-hmm. it was from it was from 2006, and it wasn't even in Syria. They got you know slammed by a, by a bogus picture and you don't know how much of this and then they still if you still watch the reports on the BBC it's like we can't confirm this video is
1: is the theme right so uh but they don't apologize for it i think that's a major gaff major gaff for uh, uh an organization that claims to be They so, don't apologize for no, it no they have not apologized for this they've really? not apologized no instead because they needed to distract something Then they do uh, the the BBC uh, nightly news. They talk about, you know, this uh, Hula massacre and they uh, talk about the United Nations Security Council that they are now discussing this. And they show the logo uh, from Halo, the video game Halo. They show the United Nations Space Command logo. And I have to believe this is on purpose they like well we got to distract the attention from the from this thing let's throw this up and and they apologized for that that they did apologize for so the uh. bb so the bbc is very complicit in all this oh yeah and then we get um well of course it, it is the exact same type of script as we've seen in iraq the same type of script we've seen in libya uh the 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 key here is to bring in something about children uh let's listen to Uh, Australian uh, Foreign Minister Bob Carr United Nations
5: is demanding an immediate ceasefire to end the bloodshed. Ladies and
1: gentlemen Australians have seen the bodies in Hula. Have we? Have we really now? I've seen, like, pictures in, which looks like an auditorium. I saw pictures in a ditch. I saw the pictures on the BBC. I don't know what I'm seeing, uh, Mr. Bob Carr. And they're appalled. Appalled. They're appalled that a regime could connive in or organize the, the execution, the killing of men, women, and children. Okay, and then we have Alistair Berry from the uh, Gitmo Nation East, a foreign official something ministry department. We're appalled. We're appalled. appalled. Same script. Appears to be credible reports. Appears to be credible reports.
11: I mean, this is crazy. So the Syrian regime has been responsible for the deaths of 92 civilians in Hula, including 32 children. <laughs> the UN head of mission has been able to confirm the numbers um, and also that artillery tank shells have been used. If this is the case, then it's an act of pure naked savagery. Savagery,
1: which is a technical term. And then, they, and then the Guardian—they do the ultimate. They say, "Oh, we spoke for 15 minutes to a young boy, and the young boy tells this horrible, harrowing tale." And we don't have the boy's name. We don't have it on video. We just have their story. We have to believe—believe believe the boy—that uh, the the Syrian troops came in, were killing. Yeah, you know, they sh- they shot five bullets through the door of our house. They said uh, they wanted my father, my brother. They shot, you know, they shot my mother. They shot my brother. I put his his blood on me, so they thought I was dead. And this reminds me so much. Wait a minute.
2: Does that, so these guys, can, let, let me get this straight. So these guys, according to the story. This get guy, these guys come in. They shoot the dad. They shoot the brother. They shoot the mother. And then he, he rushes over to one of them, puts blood on himself. Yes. As I suppose the guys must be standing there. No. They just shot these people. The whole. And st- so he pretends he's been. And then the dummies go, "Oh, look at the kid there. He must be dead." What? This makes no, this story makes zero sense.
1: you read the entire uh, Guardian article, uh, 413.nashownotes.com, under the Syria uh, node. You can see everything. And, of course, this is a complete callback to the so-called uh, Naira, Nayira N- N- defense or testimony uh, which happened in the United States Congress. This is the next step. This was the girl who turned out to be the daughter of a Kuwaiti ambassador, and here was uh, the tearful The tearful testimony she gave, which, of course, was the tipping point for uh, all-out shock and awe.
11: While I was there, I saw the Iraqi soldiers coming to the hospital with guns. They took the babies out of the incubators. Took the incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor.
1: And, of course, this was completely fabricated. She was a PR woman. Yeah, completely. An actress. Yeah, completely fabricated. Right, yeah. and nobody's up in arms about the fact that this took place.
2: Yeah. I mean, they—it was actually admitted to after a while. Yeah. Oh well, you know oh, yeah. that's the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. So it's now- unbelievable to me how passive everybody is about these frauds. Let me play my real quick clip here on serious scam perspective. This is another BBC report where they're talking about one of these towns, and it's from the the camera, and all the crew is on the side of the rebels. Who are shooting aimlessly? Just remember that when we were covering the other phony baloney. Yeah, yeah they're just shooting,
1: shooting into the air. Shooting
2: into the air, shoot, boom, 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 and they say, "Oh!" It, but meanwhile, they admit that the, the the troops, the government troops, have long since left the city, but these guys are still running around shooting, and this is the, what it sounds like.
14: There's no sign of Kofi Annan's plea for peace in Syria being heeded. Latest pictures show outbreaks of violence in different parts of the country. All right, bro. Syrian forces may have pulled back from this checkpoint near Hula, where last Friday's massacre took place, but the government still insists that terrorists, not its forces, carried out the atrocities. The Syrian government, the Syrian people, are extremely troubled with
8: this
1: heinous and unjustified terrorist crime that took place in Hula. Yeah. Well, of course, it's al-Qaeda, and that's the, the CIA operatives, so then I watched yesterday's State Department press conference. Newland has been moved out. They had to bring in Toner, Mark Toner.
2: Oh, Newland. Well, it's probably because somebody looked into this, oh, yeah. this celebration by the Iranians that never took place.
1: So here is here's the talking points. And it's very interesting what, uh, what took place here. I have three separate clips Uh, The first one, uh, and and some of this is hard to hear because they don't always turn the mic on the journalists. Good journalists in this crowd. You never, ever, ever see these uh, press conferences on the news. Uh, I love watching them. They're kind of tedious because sometimes it's total bullcrap. Uh, so here is an important uh, kickoff to the questioning about Syria. And
15: the peace, I mean, when the observers are there, they are stopping violence. They, um, you're seeing that people are allowed to freely. Right, necessarily-
1: now, you hear what she said? She already said peacekeepers. It's not observers now. We now move from observers to peacekeepers. Very key differentiation here. We
16: call them peacekeepers, but what it does speak to is the fact that their very presence uh, as witnesses, as monitors, uh, can often uh, prevent the government from carrying out atrocities.
15: But does that not sort of overstate their mandate? I mean, what is the difference between that and... What
1: peacekeepers
15: do well,
16: I refer you to the UN for the ah. clear delineation between the two. He's yeah, mm-hmm. slick Toner, slick. You said uh, you're working to convene the
1: Security Council.
2: So, what kind of resolution? Well, what do we're you
16: consulting, uh, consulting to convene with our the, Security the Security Council. So,
13: what kind of resolution
16: are you looking for? Is it under the chap- chap- Chapter Seven? You insist on it, or just condemnation? Well, I think we're looking again. I don't want to. Uh, uh, predetermine or prejudge what might come out of it. Uh, the Secretary has mentioned Chapter 7 resolution, but let's wait and see.
1: Okay, Chapter 7. The Secretary, that would be Lucifer, Ecliptic, Hillary Clinton, has mentioned Chapter 7. We've seen this move from 5 to 6 to 7. And here we are Chapter 7 of the United Nations Charter, Article 41. The Security Council may decide what measures not involving the use of armed force are to be employed to give effect to its decisions. And may call upon the members of the United Nations to apply such measures. These may include uh, these may complete, include complete or partial interruption of economic reta- relations and of rail, sea, air, postal, telegraphic, radio, other means of communication. Then we move on to Article 42. Should the Security Council consider that measure provided for in Article 41 would be inadequate? or prove to be inadequate, it may take such action by air, sea, or land forces as may be necessary to maintain or restore international peace and security. Such such action may include demonstrations, blockade, and other operations by air, sea, or land forces of the members of the United Nations. So we're on deck. We're on deck to uh, implement a Chapter 7 Resolution, which will mean, you know, no-fly zone, droning, bombing, etc. And now we get to now Toner messes it up, and uh, Jill and Matt. Uh, Matt is the guy we love. Jill is uh, she's the woman from uh, oh, what's her last name? the The blonde kind of uh, thin face. Yeah, I don't know. Either. She's good. She I, I, I She's good. So they're not letting up because he 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 slips up. Are
16: you guys on Syria as well? Okay.
17: You Sorry. go to this almost every day, but
10: I mean, that overall question is why the United States at this point is willing to not really leave.
18: The, the, the United States is allowing a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of countries, to kind of lumber along and make it up as they go along. Something doesn't work. It sounds like a science uh, experiment. You know, let's try a little bit of this, let's try a little bit of that. And w- when you look at the horror right now... Horror! Everyone is saying it's a tipping point.
1: So- ah, ah, ooh, ooh, key word. Let's see if we can latch on to the tipping
16: point.
18: How long do you let this experiment go on?
16: Well, you know, uh, you're absolutely right in, in expressing horror uh, about what happened in Hula on Friday. Uh, you know, Kofi Annan referred to it as a tipping point. Uh, certainly, uh, we'd like to see uh Other nations within the Security Council view it in the same light uh, so that we can bring that concerted effort that we feel uh, is necessary to uh, uh, to uh, basically take Assad out of this uh, calculation and to and to uh, lead to a political transition so it 's as if
1: John C. Dvorak was transported into the press conference into the body of Matt and saying, well, tipping point? What a, what a tipping point of what?
19: Uh, yeah, sure. The tipping point, uh, yeah. Yeah. Does, does the administration agree with the sec- former Secretary General that this
5: is a tipping point? And if so, it's a tipping point for what? More inaction?
16: I, I think, uh, you know, you can call it a wake-up call, you can call it a tipping point, but I think that, you know, the events uh, that took place in Hula uh even in a, even in a, um, a struggle that's been marked by, uh, really some profound uh, atrocities, uh, that uh, that Hula was a, uh, was a new, uh, reached a new level of. Uh, I understand, harm.
19: but w- tipping point for what?
16: Uh, I, I again <laughs> tipping point for more international action in concert against uh, Assad and the regime
5: and and you would argue that
19: the expulsion of the diplomats by the concerted by, by a group of countries is one, is one is the beginning is the beginning of the more concerted action.
16: Look, I think we're going to continue to apply pressure, bring pressure to bear where we can and where it's most effective. You know, Tory spoke to the expulsion of these uh, ambassadors or chargés yesterday as a political statement to say that we reject the, your, your, your representatives.
5: The administration sees that as the beginning of a new concerted push against us.
2: All.
16: This administration has uh, has been pushing uh, as hard as it can. He's trying to get him to say it.
2: He, yeah, does he get him to say it? Probably not.
1: Well, the tipping point thing keeps coming back. Tipping point, tipping, tipping point. Tipping tipping point, point wake point. up call. Tipping point. Yeah, you know, whatever. But then, just to wrap up what I've got here, PJ Crowley. Um, who's PJ Crowley? Well, I don't know this guy. Is he a writer? Well, if he's no. at the
2: press conference. I would hope no, so. No,
1: no, 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 no. This is this is not. This is on Maddow, actually, which was interesting. PJ Crowley. Uh, oh, here
2: let's, let's do a thing that we can do. It's one of the no, rare things that we can manage to do here on this former United show.
1: States Assistant Secretary of State uh, for Public for Affairs. For Public Affairs. He's okay. another PR stooge. Yeah. He says something on Rachel Maddow that I found to be interesting.
20: Joining us now is P.J. Crowley. He's a former assistant secretary and spokesman at the State Department. He's currently the Omar Bradley chair in strategic leadership at Penn State, Dickinson College, and the Army War College. Mr. Crowley is also a retired colonel who served
1: 26 years uh, in the Air Force. Okay, retired colonel. So he he understands the importance of Syria, which we still don't understand, but I think he lets it slip here.
20: P.J. Crowley, thank you for
1: being here. Pleasure, Rachel.
20: That, um, the details of the Hula massacre are are awful enough without knowing who did it the state department very strongly emphasizing today not just that it was militia but that it was syrian militia aided by iran is that the thing that an exclamation point should be on here is that the most important part of this it, it's one of
8: two uh... and and the report highlighted the other one which is where does russia go since syria is its most significant remaining client state in the middle east uh, it, it's it's entry into influence in the region if russia shifts a lot of things Things that have not been possible over the past year become possible.
1: What does that mean? If Pop Russia lines, probably what <laughs> <laughs> I hate
2: to Throw that back. By the way, just as, as an aside, I used to bring in Rachel Maddow clips and you did nothing but grouse about it. Just mentioning this. Sure. But this is a guest who's on our show is different. Uh-huh. It's about, no, I, well, I wouldn't just have Rachel yakking away. I always had guests. Let's go on. Okay, so they're talking. So this guy says something ch- fundamentally changes.
1: Listen, listen to it again. Oh, okay. If Russia shifts, a lot of things
8: that have not been possible over the past year become possible.
1: If Russia shifts, a lot of which, things that which have means
2: not- that they go along with the program, which they're not doing. Mm-hmm. They've already said that they're going to veto any uh, uh, Security Council measure against Syria. That's what they've said. And so we know we're in negotiations with Russia about this in some way or other, because this has been going on for a while. We've been pointing this out on the show for For, uh, more than a year,
1: more than a year, more More than than a year.
2: year. Right. Because once we established that they had the ports there and all the rest of it. So and so Russia's still got their hands full or arms folded and they're saying, no, not yet. No, no, you better do a better deal than that. Or something is up with the with our dealing with the Russians. And as soon as we get them to sign off, which they'll do eventually, because we're. We'll, we'll cave on something. And let the Russians have like Eastern Europe or something. Who knows what we're going to give up?
1: <laughs> hey, have that. Have that crap over there. Take that Eastern Europe. And
2: thing. Then, uh, the, then the then then the Russians will say, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is terrible. I'm looking at the front page of today's New York Times, and Syria is the top of the news. And there's a woman holding her kid, who's wondering why he's being held. I think and she's bawling about because he got hurt himself or something, and it's like shot, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm just giving you some sound effects for the... So, so
2: for when the uh, Russians give in or, or when they negotiate them some deal, they'll say, okay, we're going to do it. They're going to do the whole scheme again. It's worked every time. Nobody's complaining about the no-fly zone, the Viagra, the rapes. <laughs> All <laughs> this stuff will come right back into the news, and it's going to be part of the cycle. And then Syria will go down and become part of who knows who's going to take that over. Whatever the case is, that changes something fundamentally... It's our job to figure out what that fundamental change is see. and what it what does it mean? And I would probably guess I'm sure it's a pipeline or oil. There's something to do with oil or pipe. I mean, Syria is a poor country. Yeah, they, uh, they don't have any real resources. So they either are a transit point or there's
1: something. Well, they, well they've got pipelines. We know that they've got pipelines. Yeah, they got pipelines, we got pipelines. You know, going up the pipelines up left and right. That's what this is about. We, we've already established that because homes is pipeline. It's all pipelines. Um, he, maybe uh, he gives us another clue in the next bit here. Well, let's listen. Hold on a second. Uh, pick it up here.
2: And by the way, this is the guy I kind of, de- th- he got f- essentially fired from his job for saying something about the, the Bradley Manning, saying it was like, you know, this is bullcrap what you're doing to this guy, I believe. And he also made, he makes a lot of snide remarks, that, which got him He's a
1: loose up. cannon. I, mean, I don't yeah. think he should have said this. He, he messed something up here with this Russia comment. Um, so this is perhaps
8: the beginning of a process where Russia will recalculate uh, you know, that and, and will make
20: more clear that while it supports the Syrian regime, it may or may not continue to support Bashar al-Assad. So the, thing to, the, the, the fact that Russia took this one step is very important, but the thing to watch is what Russia does next. Do they Absolutely. revert to their old position or do they stick with this new one?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we have to figure it out. But yes, we have to figure it out first. But this is a, yeah. Now,
2: if it's just a simple pipeline situation, it doesn't sound that fundamentally different because those no. pipelines were going through anyway.
1: Well, they want it to come from the Mediterranean. That's the only thing I can imagine is they, they, want, they want either flowing in or out or both ways through the Mediterranean. And, of course, we know that uh, right after Syria, Lebanon is on the list and already Lebanon's being brought into it. You're hearing more and more of that.
2: Yeah, it started
1: pretty so, good a month ago. How can we... We need the briefings. We just need to be on the. Can't we just get on the mailing list? You could get on a lot of mailing lists. <laughs> but it's just the same
2: talking points that Sununu was complaining about. I, I, I want to get on the
1: mailing list, man. I don't know what's going on. Somebody
2: should be able to forward us
1: more stuff than we get. Uh, did I hear you talking on the uh, Horowitz-Dvorak Unplugged show that you use a Geiger counter to see if the fish you're eating have radiation? <laughs> Did I hear you actually say that?
2: We do have a Ge- We do have Geiger counters in our family. That's not my question. We have checked, uh, yes, as a matter of fact. We eat a lot of sushi, and we have a, to- a market called Tokyo Fish Market that's local, and every so often a bunch of fish comes in from Japan, and uh, it's various tunas or whatever then they're i don't know and we've checked them we've you know we
1: just routinely check our fish once and, in a while and has d- 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 no, gr- 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 no i think Wait, but, you uh, think
2: this is crazy
1: yeah yes i do well, I
2: why we sh- geiger counters are very no no, oh, no no no
1: i don't think that's crazy i think the what's happened here is another fantastic first of all you and i will agree on one that we're going to disagree somewhere here but we agree that there's been a decades-long concerted effort against nuclear energy, which is probably really bad because if you want to get rid of all of the problems that, of so-called global warming, everything, nuclear energy is clearly the safest way to go. Yeah, I think the French have shown that. But it is clearly the safest way. You know, we haven't seen millions of people die. You know, it's just, it's not true. Also, there was, now, you know, I, 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 I don't know enough about nuclear energy, but I, I do read contrarian reports, you know, atomic Rod Adams, who I, I, I really like reading his stuff. And I, uh, I correspond with him a lot. He was on a nuclear sub for 30 plus years, actually 33 years, which kind of makes me suspicious about our conversation, but okay. 30 <laughs> plus years. Um, and, you know, and he's very clear. Look, there was, the first of people always talk about a meltdown and all this stuff. There was no meltdown. There's no huge radiation killing cloud. But I think what has happened is the uh, conspiracy alternative um, internet media has this meme going that they're covering up the huge radiation. They're covering it up. They're yeah, co- I've seen this. And too. they're fueling this.
2: Email from a lot of our listeners that yeah. point out, and you read the stuff, and it's like you talk about you know
1: it's bullcrap. Yeah, and and I think that they are feeding this by making it sound more secret. So no one is actually coming out and saying, yeah, our fish are are radiated. Although this report from NBC, Brian Williams, the lead-in alone, the the disinformation blew me away. And I think it's solely intended to fire up more conspiracies so that we'll never, ever, ever get nuclear energy because it's going to kill us by eating radiated fish, which obviously has not happened yet because you've been checking your... And I like this. You've been checking your fish from Japan, no radiation. Listen to this. A bluefin tuna caught off the California
14: coast have been found to contain elevated levels of radioactive matter Dating back to the Japanese earthquake and tsunami that led to that nuclear
1: accident. How does that? How? Wait a minute. Can you date this? He said. Yeah, they have, I know what it says. How, can you date radiation? That's bull crap. That's told. That's ludicrous. So he's setting it up. Said, oh, it's dating back to, uh, to the Fukushima reactor. He's feeding the conspiracy. He's feeding the beast. Would you disagree?
2: Uh, no, I wouldn't disagree at all, and I wonder how that tuna got over here. We don't have a lot of blue fish oh, just yes. oh, floating around they, the coast off of long beach.
1: Are you kidding me? They have
14: graphs and charts and everything. Fukushima power plant. Our report tonight from NBC's
9: Miguel Almaguer. Today at the San Pedro Fish Market in Southern California, Dan Cadota inspects the catch of the day and stressed his fish are safe to eat. The word radiation creates uh, fear in people. The 15 bluefin tuna caught and tested off California's coast last summer showed low levels of radiation, but still 10 times higher than normal. Scientists say it's the first time a fast-moving migrating fish has been shown to carry radioactivity from Japanese water.
1: <laughs> how do they know that they were radiated from Japan?
2: Yeah, there could be a big pile of radiation in the middle of the ocean that they feed on for did, all we Did he know. have
1: Tokyo license plates or something? Or, you know, how, did, how does he know? We almost didn't believe it, to tell you the truth.
9: But then we got paid to tell you. Dr. Nicholas Fisher, professor of marine science. I love Fisher. Fisher. <laughs> Don't you love the name? <laughs> the code. There's code. sciences co-authored the study. Every single fish was significantly contaminated
0: with two radioisotopes of cesiums, and these are common waste products
1: from nuclear accidents. Ah, you hear how they cut them off? Common, common waste products, and he says nuclear accidents, and then he there's a whole nother list of common uh waste products but they cut them off right there to distort the report
9: products from nuclear accidents the research shows the bluefin tuna that spawn and feed in the waters near the fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant
1: yeah they're right there in the they're nibbling on the rods uh, th- that's what that was. What you're supposed to think? Oh man, these tuna—they're just sitting there, just like sucking up all that radiated water. Migrated some six thousand miles. Ooh, and boy, are my fins tired! Reaching
9: Southern California just a few months after the disaster. Though the sample fish are contaminated, the levels are far lower than what's considered dangerous. Today, so, the the FDA- so what? Yeah, well, that's the whole point. Uh, the, the, the FDA, the FDA yeah. said they'll
1: continue to monitor for radiation. And no public health concern has been detected. In, you know, so I, I read all the all the levels, etc. And uh, yeah, it's elevated, uh, but it's it's still so incredibly minute. But this is a beautiful campaign to continue to have people, and now it's our people who have been completely indoctrinated and are afraid of nuclear energy. There has been no meltdown, okay? There's no, you, people keep talking about a melt, a true meltdown is something completely different. There was no meltdown. You know, this has been refuted by many, many experts. And by the way, now we have a new shill coming in to the, uh, uh, you know, that, that douchebag resign, the... Um, uh what was his name? Jorzak or what was his name? A uh, Show for what? Uh the the Nuclear Energy Commission of the United States. The guy who was oh. mean to women.
2: Yeah, I don't I haven't been following it at yeah, all. We, Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, well we talked about it on the I'm show. I'm reading this
2: stuff about this this the bluefin. For one thing I didn't know we caught bluefin off our own coast, which is amazingly delicious, by the way. Um but this is pretty screwy, this story.
1: No, it's Oh, here's Atomic Rod. He just posted something today. The scientists who measured the cesium and performed the isotopic analysis to conclusively prove that the cesium came from the Fukushima power plants were justifiably proud of their skilled use of sensitive scientific tools and analytical methods. They published their peer-reviewed paper in the reputable journal. Uh, the authors did a good job of selecting their paper's title. It's garnered vastly more attention. Hold on, let me say. I'm sure Rod has some... Uh, refute on this oh, I've got to get into this more but so okay so good so I'm, I'm not off base at least on his side I got to tell you I, I'm, I'm I'm a pro nuke guy I think it's great you know, yeah we've had accidents you know we've learned we get better you know Chernobyl was definitely bad I think uh, maybe 50,000 people died and that was quite a while ago Three Mile Island no one died you know, um, then we had uh, Fukushima. Twenty thousand people died in the tsunami, and a couple people in the blast. I just, I'm just not buying it. I am not believing this. I really am not buying I, I it. I think
2: your position is is okay. I mean, it's the left, the old left progressives in the United States that are all panicky about this. The old ladies. I'm kind of a coal guy myself, but that's another story.
1: Yeah, Greg Jackso, He was he's the guy who uh, who resigned. He was the meanie. But now they brought in. Uh, she's. I think she's already been. Uh, what is it? Not certified. But what's the? Uh, what's the word? Certifiable. <laughs> <laughs> They're all certifiable. Uh... Licensed. No. When when you're approved by the by the Senate. Oh, confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah, Alison McFarlane is the new chairman of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Oh, she okay? No, no, she's under confirmation now, and uh, she's an anti-nuker, and she's the head of the commission. She will if she's confirmed.
2: And she's an anti- what is the point of this? Is like putting these these teetotaling prohibitionists at the head of the alcohol board? Yeah,
1: well, that's kind of the point. It's, it's dumb because it protects the 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 petrochemical world that we live in. That's why it totally. And when you look at the uses of thorium, I mean, you know, it's just we're being so indoctrinated. And the sad thing is is that our people now, the alternative media are claiming, Whoa, big cover up. Oh, we're all going to die from the radiation. Alex Jones is selling iodine packs. Give me a break. (laughs) There's your disinfo agent right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's bull crap. That's completely not based on any type of science. And people give me incredible grief about this, John. When I say I like it, I think nuclear is good and this whole radiated fish is bullcrap. Proof in the pudding, my podcast partner, John C. Dvorak, has a Geiger counter and checks his sushi. <laughs> what more proof do you need? I ask you. Geiger counters are cool.
2: Anyway, uh, yeah, there's, there hasn't been any issues with the sushi. I think we better take a break. I was I was
1: trying to start it, but you keep... Keep saying something extra, so.
14: I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh
11: yeah, that'd be fab.
1: Yeah, on No Agenda. Radiating sushi.
2: In the morning. So we, we have a lot of. We made up for Sunday because uh, we had a miserable Sunday, but now you know, unfortunately, it unbalances the show. I wish you know people would.
1: You have to understand if we can make it more balanced, then you know, then we you can don't have. Don't get you up all
2: the time on a Thursday yeah. show. People should. Make a point of, and I I would say this, if you want to get an executive producership on the cheap, this upcoming Sunday will be a good time because I think we'll probably show in short again and here we go with the cycle. Uh, But meanwhile, Peter uh, Bennett in in Brooklyn, Ontario, 12407, uh, which is the most uninteresting number in the universe. (laughs) Uh, uh, Welcome from Gitmo, Tim Hortons. Now, Tim Horton is a hamburger chain up in Canada. Mm. And I will say that I like Tim Horton. All right. I like these burgers. You, you go to the place. It's a very kind of a weird old-fashioned place where you, they make you the basic burger. And then there's all these condiments that you put on it yourself. And so you can put all kinds of crazy stuff on these burgers. And it, they're actually very good. I Do think they for, come with isotopes? With a, I'll bring the Geiger counter next <laughs> I time. want an isotope burger. But they have, it's, I, I like a Tim Hortons. All so.
1: right, all right, anyway, all right. We'll never semi-donation get
2: of the most uninteresting number. Uh, it comes with a built-in endorsement of the slide whistle. I've sent a picture of my dedication to this number in separate email. I was driving along and looked <laughs> down at my odometer, read 12407.
1: It did. That was
2: fantastic. I slammed on the brakes and took a picture. I also noticed, <laughs> got rear-ended. Yeah. I also noticed there's a flaw to one of your brain worms, which was, which was, when in your car, think of D for donate and N for no agenda. Unfortunately, my car, the D, which is drive, is followed by Odo, which makes me a dodo. <laughs> and douchebag, our king, Stephen Harper as a douchebag. Oh, okay. Why, because. Douchebag. Robert Goschko. Sir Robert Goschko to you. Dodo. Sherwood Park, Albert, another Canadian. 12407. The Canadians are into this. Uh, ITM, John and Adam, uh, from Gitmo Nation, bacon. Keep up the good work on the best podcast in the university. He needs one hot MILF, which is the kid. One hot MILF, a karma shot for his dame.
1: Okay. Sorry. uh, The MILF thing is uh, the MILF baby, right? Okay. Here we go. That's
12: one hot MILF, baby. (laughs) You've got (laughs) karma.
1: Keep keep me on my toes.
2: Sir Jason Hoffman, uh, uh, Parts Unknown. Oh, actually, he's in Gitmo Nation Pizza Pie at the moment, Italy again. 11117. One, one, uh, I want to do a 11111 one, one donation, but also decided to vote on the slide whistle. whistle so 111.17. One one I like it, but I think it should be exclusive to John since it was originally his gig. I, it doesn't bother me. I, and actually, Adam does play it better. I don't think I do. I emailed my senators regarding loss, and I'll forward their response along to Adam. If they have anything interesting to say, please give a good douchebag call out to Jordan Kunkel. Douchebag! I turned him on to the show ages ago, and he still hasn't donated the boner. <laughs> and please give a birthday shout-out to my brother, Matt. Uh, we have that on the list, who turns 24. As always, keep up uh, good work creating the best podcast in the universe. <laughs> William Fleming, Tulsa, Oklahoma, one oh one oh one. Donation for your hard work for John's Theremin Fund.
1: Yes. (laughs) Theremin?
2: Theremin. That's what I need. Sir John Schumann, Madison. You know that. Oh, right, right, right. right. That thing. John Schumann, Madison, Wisconsin. $100, the best podcast in the universe. Franklin Kaczynski or Kaczynski. In Racine, Wisconsin, 100 bucks. First ever donation from Franklin Kaczynski in Racine, Wisconsin. This donation is dedicated to blogger and historian John J. Riley, who is hospitalized with life-threatening pneumonia. I highly recommend reading through his blog archive and book reviews. Ownership of his site, johnriley.info, may lapse if he doesn't recover. If you're looking for fractals, you haven't seen anything yet. yet. Well, I'm going there right after the show. uh, On another note, please pronounce the city of Menasha, Wisconsin, correctly. It's
1: Menasha,
2: like cash. Menasha. Menasha.
1: Menasha. You you did it wrong. Even while while he explained it, you did it wrong.
2: Yeah, well, the way he's got it written is is not right. right. Black Knight McTank from Playa Del Rey, California, $100. Uh, Huntsman Karma.
1: He needs. Oh, you, you, oh, I thought we were going to finish the note. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, just, For the <laughs> note,
2: agenda listeners and hosts, best podcast universe. <laughs> You've
12: got karma.
2: Now, mine fell apart here on this stretch Yeah, mine Eric, too.
1: Huchel. I think it's Hochel that's oh uh, with an umlaut. Oh, Hochel. Hochel. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Melrose uh, somewhere. $100 Melrose, from him. In uh, Le Boutier. T.A.? The- in Hesperia, California, $100, pronounced Ed Le Laboutier, Laboutier. Okay. Dude, you guys are great. <coughs> Chris Abraham in Arlington, Virginia, $100, because I love. Please hit me in with some karma, Adam. Amazing on Twit, Adam. So smart. You pawn them, pawn them, pawn them. John, you're right about the PR and marketing cabal. Adam just lost my mom in a quick six weeks to Meliodysplastic syndrome. Yuck! Your DSC. Shout out to your mom. R.I.P. Really moved me. Thanks, hmm. guy. Well,
1: thank you for sharing. Did he need his karma or something? Uh, I'm going to give him yeah. karma. Yeah, for sure.
12: You've got karma.
2: <laughs> Bradford Alien in Lake Charles, Louisiana, hundred dollars. Ryan Moore, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, eighty dollars. I succumb to your poor mouthing. And donated $80 this week. I sent him a note back. I said, you know, my mom used to use that word. Poor mouthing? Poor mouthing. I said, hmm. if she was alive today, she'd be 100. I don't think people say that anymore. Thanks for the continued excellence, innovation, entertainment, and value. It's exactly what we do. If I could kindly request a de-douching and some losing weight karma, it would be greatly appreciated.
12: You've been de You've got karma.
2: From Belzer, South Carolina, Sir Tim Humor, 7777. Thanks for providing the best podcast in the universe some awesome recipes. My girlfriend and I cooked the No Agenda chicken this weekend, and it was awesome. Hmm. While eating the chicken, I heard my favorite jingle, You Will Obey, and I knew it was a sign that I needed to donate. Here is a super slide whistle donation, and I would like to request a hey, citizen, you will obey jingle. Please keep up the good work, uh, and to all the boners, you need to get off your arse and become donors.
18: You will obey. Uh,
2: Hey, citizen. uh, Too many buttons.
12: You've got karma.
2: Too many buttons. Many buttons, he says. William Smuck, Smuck, Smuck. In uh, San Diego, California, that's a reference to Steve Allen. Seventy-five, seventy-five. A little post-birthday money for me, and a little less belly aching from you. <laughs> really enjoy. We are, We. we <laughs> the show is about belly aching. Really enjoy the work you guys do. Aaron Newberry in Aurora, Colorado, seventy-five dollars. Please give my human resource daughter Bella a birthday shout-out. We have got that. She'll be turning sixteen on May thirty-first. She finds your show very humorous and informative. I tried to teach her. That what is said on the news or taught in school isn't always the truth, and you should research a matter before forming an opinion. Your show has helped with this. Good. Scott, Scott Spencer in Dawsonville, Georgia, 7007. Part two. Scott from <laughs> Dawsonville again. Please don't mention my last name. Too bad. <laughs> so, okay, I'm more drunk now than I was. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I'm more drunk now than I was before. Great show. I have been listening longer. Here's a few more dollars. Shouldn't do it, but what the hell? I need sleep. Good night. Slide whistle? (laughs) Give him a slide
10: whistle. (sighs) (laughs)
2: That's it. Joe the Dish Slave. Sir Joe the Dish Slave to you in uh, Stockton, California. Uh, sixty nine, sixty nine. Oh, the tra- the trend continues so, towards my wife's damehood. I want to send a big thanks to Paul in Kansas for mentioning our show, the Ozone Nightmare, during his donation note last show. We've got a small but fantastic audience, so someone taking the time to say they enjoy what we do makes me feel like a million bucks. Please fire some karma off to Paul.
10: All
5: right, Paul.
12: You've got.
2: Frank Krueger in Seattle, Washington, 6969. Been listening to the show since the early days and will be devastated to lose the best podcast in the universe. You keep me sane for the past five years. Take my money and keep on going. Jesse Cruz, Highland Park, Illinois, 6969. As the trend continues in the morning, John and Adam, I was, I was listening to a co worker the other day about candy and I accidentally pronounced it as skillets <laughs> instead of skittles. I felt like a douchebag. He needs a dedouching.
10: <laughs> you You've
2: been de-douche. It happens.
1: Don't worry. It. it happens to the best of us.
2: Damien Tayman, Sir Damien Tayman, to you in Perth, our favorite town, 6969. Roth Lehman in you know, Vodensville somewhere, 6969. Sam Lung, Black Knight Sam Lung in Toronto, uh, 6969. Thanks for another great show. It's something for the No Agenda coffers to keep the show going. I love you both for struggling with my last name. I found John's point on the last show about Clippity clop being the most influential influential female politician in Washington to be quite interesting. I always saw cabinet and secretary positions to be more in line with public servants rather than politicians. Mm-hmm. Good point.
1: Yeah, very good point.
2: Words have meaning, and they do. I think the media is jumping or trumping up people in those positions rather than putting them in their place. <laughs> Sit down, Lucifer. Yeah, yeah, I think he's dead right. Yeah, I totally agree. Good point, uh, sir. He's since- Sir Sam. Sir Sir Black Knight Lung. 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 uh, Lung. We'll get that pronunciation straight eventually. Lebanon, Oregon, 6969.
1: Who is this? Who is this? Ethan Stroop. Oh, Ethan. Right.
2: After being called out as a douchebag on your last show, I was fired at my job Uh at the Home Depot. Oh, that's bad. All that was a well-deserved dose of anti-karma. I figured I'd better donate before anything else bad happens. Please give me some slide whistle, find a job karma, and call out my dad, Trevor, as a douchebag. Douchebag. Not donating. Not for not donating, but for not marrying his professor girlfriend so that I could go to college (laughs) for free. (laughs) Yeah, no alternative motive there. And to my dad, suck it. I'll use my money however I want.
1: Let's give him some uh, karma. (laughs) You've got... Karma. Uh, Good things things in store for you, sir.
2: Scott Tolstoy. No relation, I would assume. Palantine or uh, Illinois. 5888. Here we go. I'm donating drug. Wait, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I want to tell you I really love the show. I need a citizen with karma because my parents-in-law is coming and I will leave with us, I don't know, two years, maybe more. Oh, boy, I was trying to avoid that. But it didn't work <laughs> out. So I really need big-ass karma to survive this. Also, can you shout out happy birthday to Clink? This is a great guy, great guy. And we're always throwing codes at each other like a ping-a-pong game. <laughs> left, right, left, right. I was trying to propagate the formula. need more instructions. To I love the best podcast in the universe. Going back to work because I'm working drunk. Or I'm drunk because of it. <laughs> oh, man. All right.
1: Awesome donation.
0: <laughs> You've
1: got <laughs> karma. Big-ass karma. Drunk karma Great. is the best. Big-ass karma. Big Lar- ass. Liberty
2: Deck, Green River, Wyoming. Uh, 5510, Double Ligus on a Dime from Shoiler. Shoiler, Colfax, and Green River. All right. Uh, Liberty Deck. <coughs> yeah, that was Liberty Deck. Okay. Andrew Gardner, Sir Andrew Gardner, our friend in Avenue, Maryland, 5312. Please send birthday wishes to Krista, formerly uh, the cripple from Pennsylvania for oh, her yeah. birthday. That was Monday. I feel horrible for getting to call because I was hitting them in the mouth at the racetrack ITM. I wanted to donate on Saturday to get karma for my races on Sunday and Monday, but it had no data service on my phone. Wow. But the pre karma worked. A donation of 5312 is 54. 50- Plus my race number three one two. I would give more, but recent happenings at work left me a little low on spare cash. I filled out the paperwork, and he went on and on and on. Well, he, so, so looking he, forward to spreading, hitting them in the mouth again, June sixteenth through seventeenth at the Virginia International Raceway. We talked about him earlier and yep. his little note on the. Give me a little karma yeah. there. Nice. You've got. Karma. Podcast for peace, uh donated fifty one fifty saying I will, obey. I will obey, 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 obey. Robert Stokes, Oklahoma City, fifty thirty three, keep it the production slaves. You guys are great. Two you no know, agenda shows and my favorite two twits on twit. What a week. Tim and Thomas, I know you are listening. Don't be freeloading douchebags. Douchebag. <laughs> Osman Sporting Goods in Wilmington, North Carolina to the Lennon and McCartney of podcasting.
1: (laughs) Wait a minute. Uh, Who's the Lennon? I don't know. I don't don't want to be the Lennon. And who's the Mark Chapman? Mark David Chapman of podcasting. Who's going to give us two to the head? Uh,
2: Hmm.
1: Hopefully no one. William Bowman.
2: Or, oh, I'm sorry, Bachman. He made it in Port something. Port something. I don't know where, I can't see the rest of this. Let me slide this over, see if it says, Port Port Huna, I don't know what it is. Anyway, in California, he says, just 50 small steps toward eventual night who had $50. Several shows ago, you slaughtered my name. I want to challenge everybody out there to look at this name. It's B-A-U-G-H-M-A-N, which should be pronounced Bauman, it seems to
1: me. Yeah, I would say, and I think I said Bauman, actually.
2: Well, Bauman, the way I pronounce it, but it's Bachman.
1: Yeah,
2: no. he needs some karma.
1: Consultant karma for uh, his friends that need new contracts badly. Right on.
12: You've got karma.
1: Giving karma away is um, is very powerful. I think it's so more powerful. So, Marysville,
2: than- Kansas, There's uh, an anonymous donation, fifty Atlantic Beach, Florida, fifty dollars, Sister Mary, hand grenade of quiet reflection, has pulled this money from the collection plate. <laughs> And that's David Martin. And also David Nichols in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. $50 with no note that I have seen. But anyway, I want to thank all these people. This was a great uh, group of contributors. That's fantastic. And producers. And we want to thank them very much for this
1: uh, week's uh, yeah, friendship Yeah, listening show. to Rachel Maddow is not easy. Is it? No.
17: <laughs> it's
2: very work. difficult. actually. so a She's snide. She is. As She's John, very annoying. I find her to be the most annoying of all the hosts. She was much better when uh, Olbermann was there to you know, to tell her how to do it.
1: Right. No. So, anyway. Uh, yes, this was a good showing. Thank you all so much. And also, of course, uh, again, our executive producers and associate executive producers, all of these names will be in the credits on our show notes, 413.nashownotes.com. Keep that coming. Uh, be a, a donor, uh, not a boner. And of course, uh, karma. I think is even better when you give it away, but requesting it appears to work as well. So far, not we've had like one or maybe two in as many years uh, negative comments on the karma. I mean, we don't. I don't know how it works.
2: Yeah, most people document good things.
1: Yeah. So,
2: but I don't know about if the anti if the douchebag is anti karma, as one person seems to suggest in this series.
1: So at the end of the day, it's all about value for value, and it's a model that, that can only work with this type of program because there's no way you could not have an agenda and run commercials. Take that, Zuck. It's your birthday, birthday. Ride, 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 no agenda congratulates himself he celebrated yesterday sir jason hoffman wants to say happy birthday to his brother matt turned 24 last tuesday and newberry's daughter bella turned 16 today and she likes the show and we're happy to hear that scott tolstoy says happy birthday to clink and sir andrew gardner says happy birthday to the lovely cripple from pa krista gardner her birthday was last monday happy birthday from all your buddies here at the no agenda show <laughs> And uh, so we've got a one, two, three, four, including Gordon Walton, who will be knighted. By the way, Gordon, the uh, knight in the gold or suit to be crowned uh, uh, knight of the golden order. He does not want a ring. He says, keep your damn tungsten. I don't know what that means. Okay. But he said to keep it, keep the money in the show. And I was like, you sure? He said, Absolutely. He just wants a bumper sticker. That's all oh. he wants. Yeah, those bumper well, stickers. No
2: agenda nation bumper sticker. There's a there's a couple of good ones. There's well, the that one, one the one that it says in the morning, noagendashow.com. show dot com.
1: No, that's not the one. The one everyone loves, which I have on the back of the truck, and Mickey has it on the back of the the ninety nine Rover, is wake up in the morning. Noagenda dot com. That's the one people like. A oh, wake
2: up in the morning.
1: Yeah, wake up in the morning. I and, like it. And people at gas stations would be like, "Hey, man." What's that? No agenda show. I'd be like, you should give it a listen, bro. And that's you should have
2: one. a flyer that you have in your truck. A flyer. A flyer. Yeah. A flyer.
1: Flyers a four, work. A four-color brochure, perhaps? No,
2: I think a flyer.
1: A flyer. <laughs> Brochures are too formal. Could you uh, bring out the blade for me, John? Yeah, let me get it. Okay. Yeah, very good joseph wagner herbert harms christopher wolf and gordon walton please step forward gentlemen You all have contributed to the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe, the amount of $1,000 or more, and therefore, you can now carry with you for the rest of your life the eloquent title of Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. So I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Joseph Wagner, Sir Herbert Harms, Sir Christopher Wolfe, and Sir Gordon Walton, who will be Knight of the Golden Order. Come on over for your hookers and blow rent boys, chardonnay, hookers and bitches and booze, All that stuff.
2: That you got that well rehearsed.
1: <laughs> it's wenches and beer and hot pants and booze. That's what it is. Uh, thank, and, and you know, and when you look at the list, John, it really we have a growing number of knights. And of course, the knights have more responsibilities than uh, you know than than just supporting the show financially. You know the, that is a lifetime commitment to propagating the formula and to w- waking up other slaves. And I think a lot of, uh, if not all of our knights and dames take this extremely seriously. Because we can't change it all by ourselves. We need No,
2: to- in fact, the way we're going,
1: <laughs>
2: we can't just, change anything. No, it's not
1: going to work today. At least well. we're
2: making people aware of the problems. And we, and we're, we can, you know, it's, a lot of times it's just, uh, and you always have to be reminded because the way the machine works. It's that if you don't, and I'm not saying you should, you have to listen to this show, but if you stop listening to this show, the machine will steamroll you. It'll suck you in. And the next thing you know, you'll be right on the wrong side of the the thought process pretty much within a couple of weeks.
1: And you you have to, even in your own environment, and be careful because this can lead to divorce. Um, So news today in the continuing war on sugar Is And I'm laughing because it was all like, oh, yeah, it's good. You know, Bloomberg, Mayor Bloomberg, New York, he's good. He's banning smoking everywhere. (laughs) Damn nasty smokers. Well, now, of course, he's come out and said, well, guess what? We're going to ban large drinks. Large sugary drinks. Anything above 16 ounces will be illegal. Go to jail for selling that or even maybe walking around with it. And and so Miss Mickey this morning, she says... this is good. I said, what? Yeah, because, you know, idiots uh, get fat from drinking that. I said, that's their own problem. I said, what next? What is going to be next? What are they going to take away next? I'm sorry, you have the wrong shoes on. You can't wear those shoes. You've got to stop this. We have to stop this. And so if you don't, you know, keep reminding yourself, even in your own community, your own environment, as small as our two-person community here is, you know, you, you get steamrolled by the machine. You're absolutely right, John. And the way they do it is extremely effective. They have this ad where someone's drinking a glass of fat. No, it's, this is a problem. This, yeah. is
2: the, this is never ending. In fact, the, either one of us could fall off the wagon uh, if it wasn't do. for the other one. That's right. Thank because you. Because we have created a, a slight competition between the two of us. To keep digging, you know, I would just love to see why you've done it to me. I think I've hit you a couple of times, but you may be ahead on this game. Oh, you hit me Where you, yeah. you come out with some bogus information that somehow you got suckered into. Yeah. And you throw it out on the show and the other guy, hey, wait a hey, minute. That's, that's, bull that's bull crap. Bull crap. Bull crap. Now, by, by the way, there has been some good sugar news I should mention. At, well, uh, JC
1: n- not necessarily. He got suckered in. I know what you're going to say. The
2: response to the petition from the Corn Finders Association. Yes.
1: Yes. You know what? So this is the problem. This is why I'm a government legislation analyst. The headline reads, FDA rules corn syrup can't change its name to corn sugar. That's right. the headline. JC, Buzzkill Jr., very intelligent individual. He fell for it. What, what did he say to you? What, what were his words? Well, I've got the letter here.
2: He says it looks as if they said you cannot use... He didn't say much other than that. He says the current, currently, the, just from the letter from the FDA, the use of the word... Corn sugar for FCS, which suggests that HFCS is a solid, dried, and crystallized sweetener obtained from corn. Instead, HFCS is an aqueous solution derived from corn after, and it goes on about the process, Mm -hmm. and would not accurately identify the product. As such, the term sugar would not be consistent with the general principles of governing common use of usual names under 21 CFR 102.5.
1: And that's where you tuned out. That's what everybody does.
2: So you went and looked it
1: up. And I looked at the letter and I read the whole letter as a government legislation analyst. And after this whole thing where they basically say, no, you may not use uh, substitute uh, high fructose corn syrup with corn sugar. However, it states FDA's regulatory approach for the nomenclature of sugar and syrups is that sugar is a solid, dried, and crystallized food, whereas syrup is an aqueous solution or liquid food. FDA's regulations permit the term sugar as part of the name for food that is solid, dried, and crystallized. So they're giving them on a silver platter the opportunity to crystallize their syrup and then call it sugar.
2: Good. Well, because they can't do that. Why not? It's not doable.
1: You can't you can't crystallize syrup.
2: You can't crystallize the HFCS, there's no way.
1: You sure? Yeah. You're a scientist?
2: No, this is this is the problem that this stuff has it. This is why you can't use it to make chocolate. There's all kinds of issues. This chemically turns into this goo. It doesn't crystallize. It's not a, just, there's no underlying crystalline structure. The only way things can crystallize is because there's crystals built into the chemical structure of the product, like salt, for so example. So could, could
1: they have, add some crystals into it? No, it would be a gooey mess on top of the
2: crystals. That's the problem. They would have crystallized this stuff years ago if they could.
10: Hmm.
1: So the what, the what the FDA is saying... You is, know, like
2: you can't crystallize water, for
1: example. You can't crystallize
2: oil. You can't crystallize gasoline. Everything you boil down doesn't crystallize. It's just it has to be, have a crystalline structure underneath, what, underlying. And you, there's no crystalline structure can, It's just gabagoo.
1: Can you make it a solid? I, I think
2: you can probably make it some sort of a maybe. I don't know. I've never boiled it down to solid. That would be horrible. It would probably be some, ugh. It would be black. It would be terrible.
1: Because what they're basically saying is, Syrup is like a gooey syrup for food that yeah. is liquid uh and uh and sugar is something that is uh solid and and actually they say it, oh no, crystalline they well no they say in one i 'm reading the letter right here they say one in one part they say it has this is what sugar looks like well, here it is
2: the regulatory approach for the nomenclature sugar and syrups is, is that sugar is a solid dried and crystallized food i 'm reading the letter too mm hmm Whereas syrup is an aqueous solution or liquid food
1: i i don 't think we 've seen the last of this
2: well i think you 're being harsh on j c without real foundational
1: uh, um... okay i 'll give you that i 'll take it back a little a little only because i'm st- i think i think that this however they put in here and they get into the FDA approach is consistent with the common understanding of sugar and syrup as referenced in a dictionary. I think that's wafty language, and I think that they're setting something up for some possible future change in the structure of corn syrup. I could be wrong. In fact, I'm probably wrong. It felt to me like, why would you put that in there?
2: Why would well, maybe you... the guy doesn't like this stuff. What I got the the, kick—the thing that impressed me about this wasn't the what they did, because as far as I'm concerned, they're still going to, at some point in the future, they're going to—they're going to get things redefined. All they do is get rid of the. If this is one guy in the FDA in College Park, Maryland, you know, he's going to—he's not going to be working there for the rest of his life. No, no. But my kick was this was supposedly based on a public petition. Hmm. And the petition was like. It was a, it was supposedly a consumer petition with all this stuff like second with regard to your request to amend the standard identity of dextrose monohydrate right to eliminate corn sugar as an alternative name which is another name they want to use by the way dextrose uh, instead of I think
1: corn I th- syrup. Th- but they I think they're saying you can use that right you can use that no no name.
2: no they said no to
9: that <coughs>
1: they did
2: no my what I was going to say is that my I got the biggest kick out of this supposed petition this petition is bullcrap. There's no petition. It was a bunch of guys in the sugar corn lobby signing, you know, somebody wrote it from a public relations perspective. And then a bunch of jokers signed it. And Mm. then they sent it to the FDA, you know, demanding that they change these definitions, even though the whole thing was a front. It was a which I think is the reason this thing came about, because this petition was obviously a fraud as as a petition. It's not a true petition. You don't (laughs) think the public is going out there demanding that they change high fructose corn syrup to sugar.
1: No anyway uh I need to I, I I need to get into this bath salt zombie thing, which we mentioned at the very end of um, Thursday's program, and uh, of course uh, everyone now has seen the and you know, this is a multiple parter. There's a whole bunch of things going on with this, and I like it because Aaron Burnett is uh, is propagating her formula. This started off and uh, we all know, you know, some guy went crazy, started to chew on another guy's face and then uh, the cops uh, didn't tase him. They killed him and they had to shoot him multiple times. So the way this has been turned into bath salts, which uh, I want to discuss, is very interesting because the first local reports, local Channel 7 Uh, never made mention of bath salts.
6: As for a
9: reason, police have speculated it's drugs, and doctors at Jackson Memorial Hospital say anything is possible.
15: I've seen it with uh, crack cocaine, and I've seen it with spice, where patients at that time, they're either severely paranoid or in another state of mind.
1: Okay, no mention of bath salts or anything like that. Uh, Then we have the local CBS station. Officer believes the man clearly, clearly was on on some very, very powerful drugs. That's
20: right, Cynthia. The paternal order of police president tells me this crop of LSD is a major threat to police officers as well as
1: LSD is what she's saying here. The
20: rest of us, he says, it turns normal people into monsters that possess this what? super. When the ter- did
2: LSD ever do that?
1: Well, no, no. This, uh, what they're reporting, this is really key because this changed over the course of two and a half days.
2: Yeah, they're, yeah they're just, uh, it's morphing as we oh, yeah, play oh, this. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. So here's you heard the first one. It was crack cocaine. Now it's LSD. Some a powerful LSD. For human
20: strength and no ability to feel pain, he believes that's what was behind the incident that unfolded here Saturday in broad daylight just off the MacArthur Causeway.
5: When the police approached him, he turned around and growled and kept attacking the, uh, the victim on the floor. That's when he says the officer shot him. The initial shots uh, had
1: no effect. He had to repeatedly shoot him about four times. This, by the way, what? I mean, really? The guy's on the ground. He's chewing the other guy's face and you shoot him. There's no, how about tase? How about pull him off? And are you cops or what are you? No, we shot him. He didn't. And then he just kept on eating. So we shot him again and again and again. And where were you shooting him? in the leg, in the back, in the head? I mean, what were you doing? So this is what leads up to the zombie meme, which is very interesting. Until the man collapsed.
20: The naked attacker now dead on the sidewalk. There he is on the left. His now faceless victim lay on the ground
1: next to him, likely writhing in pain as sources... That's writhing, not writhing, but you misread it, bitch. She said writhing? She said writhing.
5: No longer had eyes or a nose. I can only imagine, and by talking to the officer, uh, I see that he's totally traumatized. It was like something out of a Oh, well, let's propagate the meme.
20: Aguilar says this is the worst out of about four similar cases in Dade County to happen recently. In other incidents, the people have admitted to taking a new strain of what they're calling bad LSD.
1: Bad LSD. It's LSD they keep so crack cocaine. Uh, now it's LSD. Oh, I'm sorry. It's bad LSD. Their body temperature reaches such a
5: uh, high degree that they have to take all their clothes off because they're basically melting from the inside.
2: He says that was a case are just, just making this stuff up as they
1: go along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the, and remember, this is local news, which is, I, you know, these are the people who are actually on the scene before it gets to the networks where it right. starts to morph.
20: On Bay Shore Drive. That was in March when a bloody naked man who had been hit by a cab growled at police and showed superhuman strength when they tried to help him.
5: There was more than 10 or 15 officers on the scene, and even after they tasered the man two or three times, he was still able to take
1: a baton away from one of our officers and uh, severely
5: damage her arm.
1: So now the story goes, uh, goes nationwide, and it gets to CNN. And of course, the minute it gets to CNN, where no one's watching, they just get the, uh, um, okay. We've got that, because we already know what this is, but we're going to pretend we don't know what it is yet. So now we're going to say um, it's LSD, it's cocaine, no, it's, it's bath salts. A
15: story out front tonight, drugs known as bath salts being blamed for a gruesome scene in Miami. This is a naked...
1: This, by the way, was a report from a day and a half ago.
15: ...man, he was shot dead on Saturday by police because he was gnawing off another man's face.
1: She has to do all the. She has to go like gnawing. Meanwhile, you know she doesn't make that face when uh, when children are killed or people are droned by the president. Oh, this is this is horrible. Now this is horrible. Obviously, that douchebag.
15: it sounds horrific, and it is. I want to warn you that the pictures uh, we're about to show you.
1: Are- and by the way, the pictures are not horrific because everything's blocked out. You see a guy's butt with a brown blur spot on it. and Oh, it's horrific.
15: Are very disturbing. 31-year-old Rudy Eugene was described to be in a zombie-like state. When he ah,
1: thank you for introducing it, uh, Aaron. Thank you, zombie. We got that one. He was caught by police.
15: Armando but they didn't catch him. Joe Aguilar, president of the Miami Fraternal Order of Police, suspects Eugene was under the influence of so-called bath salts, which are sold as cocaine substitutes or synthetic LSD.
1: Oh, now, now it's changed. Wait a minute. Wow. wow. Bath salts are sold. And this is not. this is patently untrue because I'm going to tell you what it is in a minute. And now she's saying, uh basalts which just sold as synthetic cocaine or LSD. Oh, really, Aaron? Let's talk to an expert.
15: When when he was found, what he had done to this man's face, a uh, victim was 65 years old, truly horrific. Apparently, all that's left is his goatee. Uh, <laughs> his eyeballs were gone, his face, it is it is unbelievable. Get to the Dr. expert. Dr. Charles Sophie is a psychiatrist.
9: Oh, here's an expert. Now listen
15: to the expert. This is the best. At the Los Angeles County Department of Children and Family Services. And he's out front now. Dr. Dr. Sophie, have you ever heard of anything like this? I mean, it's awful to even talk about um, some of the the, the things I just said that, that this man did to his victim's face.
3: Absolutely. There are many reactions that your brain can have when you're putting in a substance such as this. These are very cocaine-like substances that will have a very aggressive reaction within your brain. And the behavior that comes out of that could be anything from aggression to ripping off basically someone's face.
1: <laughs> it's, it's in the book of knowledge. Yeah, oh, you, you do this cocaine and then, you know, you could rip someone's
3: face off. Severe, severe reactions. And they're not able to be tested, these drugs. So.
1: Oh! Oh, wait a minute. You can't test them?
3: We're putting in substances into our face, that we, into our bodies. Oh, he messed up there. We don't know what is going to happen when we do that.
15: So when, when we use the name bath salts, which I guess is the street name, um, you, you said a little bit cocaine-like. I mean, what, what, what would be in it? I mean, does it vary every single concoction or what, what's really in quote-unquote bath salts?
3: Well that's a that's that's a really great question because No, it's not no, a, it's, it's not. not a great question. Cuz the bottom line is these are not substances that have been properly studied and Bullshit. so we don't really know what's in them. We just see the kinds of reactions and can kind of guess what chemicals in the brain they're reacting with and then hence the behavior. So that's why the studies need to be done and then we can we can make the testing that needs to be in place to be able to see if people have taken these or not when they 're behaving this way because
11: <clears throat> bullshit
1: okay, so at this point i can 't take it any longer bath it's a it, bath salts are well known
2: yeah M-D-B-V. M- exactly
1: ethylene M- dioxy provalerone first developed in nineteen sixty nine they 've been yeah. around forever, also known as uh mdpk mtv magic maddie black rob super coke pv peeve and then they turned them into bath salts. and you can make the stuff at home apparently john that's your cue to tell me how to do it because i can't wait how do you do that adam i don't know but what i do know is that there are two forces at play here one is the pharmaceutical industry because what this is really like, and go if you, if you really Google around, and lots of people are doing these bath salts, it is more like a souped up Adderall. In fact, I believe, and I'm hoping you might be able to help, John, that the, if you look at the actual structure of MDPV, it is more like Adderall than LSD or crack cocaine. And the pharmaceutical industry, they cannot have you making your Adderall at home. They need to sell you the drugs. This is why the bath salts have got to go. So you know now, we, you, if you take the bath salt, you turn into a zombie, and you eat people's <laughs> faces off.
2: If you I'm take say, pyro pyrovalerone, yeah, that's what it is. Pyro pyrovalerone, but
1: it's Adderall. It's basically Adderall. Well, I'm, I haven't seen it, but I, I, it, you got me on that. I okay, have we'll to look into it. And this is just the street knowledge. Everywhere you look, people are saying, "Yeah, you know, uh, I, I'd rather I'd rather take Adderall because I can dose it a little better. But if I can't get any, then you know, I'll uh, I'll take yeah, I know,
2: some." Adderall is one of the most. It is the in fact, we did this on that Generation X Three show that you hate. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it recreational drug use amongst the uh, millennials, mm-hmm. and Adderall is the drug of choice for everything. They use it for reading, they use it yeah. for all kinds of things.
1: Yeah, but but now, you know, the Adderall is, you know, th- this is a drug war, but even worse, it's a freaking commercial <laughs> for Brad Pitt's new movie! Which is what? World War Z! <laughs>
14: This is the latest disclosure in a report from National Civil Defense Headquarters in Washington. I'll take your questions. Is it a virus? We don't know.
13: How does it spread? Is it airborne?
9: It's a possibility. We don't know. Is this an
14: international
9: health hazard or a military concern? Both.
12: Are these people
18: alive or dead? Hold it
17: down!
4: We don't know. I'm a survivor living in New York City. The last last time anyone counted, 53
1: million. Anyway, this goes on and on. So Brad Pitt is coming out with a huge blockbuster movie called WWZ, Worldwide Zombie. And uh, it is uh, essentially, he's a United Nations guy who finds out about this. We don't know what causes it. It's probably the bath salts. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and people turn into zombies, dead people come alive, and they they, blow, they wind up, I think, uh, incinerating half the earth to uh, get rid of the zombie problem. So, you know, now the commercial interests are in, We dep- and everyone's saying, zombie, 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 zombie. I would like to go back to the Red Book, and would you please tell me who predicted that zombies yeah, would be the yeah. big it's meme? The, it's the old Red Book. Yeah, but it's in the book, isn't it? I
2: predicted
1: zombies.
2: Yeah, you said uh, it was about a year and a half ago, two years ago perhaps, where you had predicted that zombies are going to be a big deal uh, for the next, you know, in the upcoming years. It's going to be like thematic.
1: Yep. So so let's go to last night's report and then I have one final one from Canada because this is a worldwide zombie problem. You see, we all have to be afraid of the zombies. Aaron Burnett, I, I mean... I used to be so turned on by her, and now she just rises bile in my throat. She's such a stooge. Fun.
15: The gruesome face-eating attack in Miami could be part of a trend. It's a
1: trend. It's a trend. It's a
15: trend. It's a trend.
2: This one story is that all of a sudden is a trend. What evidence is there for this? What are you going to do
1: after the show, John?
2: I'm going to go bite
1: face. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm going to bite me some face, too. Yeah, I hear all the, all the cool kids are doing it. It's a trend.
15: An example of, of something larger and much more dangerous. Miami police say they've seen similar cases recently of people behaving strangely and
1: showing what appears to be superhuman strength. And the superhuman strength thing, which is all part of Brad Pitt's movie.
15: Over the weekend, Rudy Eugene attacked a 65-year-old homeless man chewing off most of his face. Police, police. say he was probably high on a drug known as bath salt.
1: Ah, and we have to warn you. Yet we don't know what it is. Oh, very, very graphic now images. Now, we have new
15: pictures in tonight. They are disturbing. Police say Eugene was naked, That he was growling like an animal. <laughs> he was shot and killed by police when he refused to stop, but it took multiple shots.
1: At- this is the two-to-the-head meme. So we've got the growling, we've got the naked, we've got the eating flesh, eating face, eating eyeballs. And you, and you can't just kill a zombie with one shot. We all know that. This is in the zombie handbook. The CDC warned us about it. It's leading to the, the descriptions of what seems to be
15: superhuman strength. Our front tonight, Armando Aguilar, our president of the Miami's Fraternal of Police. I'm going to ask you a few questions in a moment, sir. But
1: first, first, let's go to the expert.
15: First, Elizabeth Cohen is here, our senior correspondent who's been looking into the bizarre effects of basalts. And uh, Elizabeth, let me just uh, ask you, what, what are basalts? If you explain exactly what they are, what are they? And, and can, they, can they do things like appeared to happen here where this man was, was literally growling, acting like a dog? Right, Aaron, first of all, bath salts have absolutely nothing to do with the bath. They are not actual oh,
17: bath salts. It's
13: just a name that they were given, and they're uh, amphetamines. It's often one of many what? different...
1: Uh, yeah, she's lying again. It's not an amphetamine. It's not an amphetamine. It's not an amphetamine. Wha- Did she say it was an amphetamine? Yeah, they're amphetamines. Why do like- these people... Co- where are they... Co- come off with this crap. Because they don't want, they want you to think of these yeah, bath salts Yeah, they want to go to the movie. Play on, play but,
13: on. Uh, drugs, these are chemicals that people make sometimes in their own homes. These are man-made, sort of homemade kind of recipes, and they're sold sometimes in places like gas stations. It actually used to be
1: legal, because they were these new chemicals. <laughs> yeah, because it's from 1969. So they have all the information, but they're lying about it.
13: Now, uh, they are illegal. Now, not everyone who uses bath salts is going to have this Uh, this effect. You know, that's obvious. But it can have this effect. How is that obvious? For several reasons. It's a stimulant. (laughs) So it's kind of like meth, for example. It's kind of like ecstasy. And so several things go on. One,
2: It's like ecstasy. It's like meth and ecstasy. How does that work?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's like ecstasy. It's really bad. I mean, how many people, raise your hand if you've taken some E and uh, you ate someone's face. Ah. Anyway, so that just goes on and on. And then Canadia comes in. And uh, let me just see if I can move this along a little bit. Oh, it's it's a short one. Okay. Just got to play the Canadia clip. CBC.
2: Tom? Amanda, it's a drug few know much about.
6: Oh! What?
2: (laughs) It's been around since 1969. We know the the chemistry of it. We know all the code names for it. No, but they—they has been—it's been—it was taken out of obscurity in 2004, so it's been around for at least eight years in the public consciousness. So how do we know little about it? Because, I'm looking at the wiki page on this stuff, and it's got like all these psychological effects
1: and all the rest of it. It's all listed. Yeah. No, but it's uh, it's the real news outfit. This guy's great.
14: But as it begins to catch on, officials are racing to learn more. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> What? So they have some YouTube clips of kids who are on uh, on bath
14: salt. This is great. Officials are racing to learn more. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> I want
4: bath
9: salt
14: this is the effect of so called bath salts so is this and this benign by name deadly by nature until recently a problem we've only heard about in the US Oh, but it's been creeping into Canada it's creeping
1: Go into
7: Canada.
14: Canada it's nothing like an alliteration it's been it's creeping, creeping into, into, into Canada. Canada too to places like New Glasgow,
1: Nova Scotia. I felt like I wanted to kill me, or I wanted to kill somebody else.
14: Where this recovering addict, we'll call him John, remembers its wicked grip. <laughs> it's a
1: wicked grip. Now he's gonna. Now the explanation of what it really is is coming up. It's riveting. Eight
0: days
11: straight with no sleep. That's when you come to realize the drug, got, the drugs got you.
14: Named for its likeness to household bath salts, it's a synthetic drug so powerful it can lead to extraordinary hallucinations, paranoia, violent behavior, and suicide. This sounds like something I want to take. The experts say, think cocaine times ten. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Hence the name Super Coke. (laughs) Cocaine times ten. So, I, I, I... Really, so much lying, blatant lying going on, yet perfect. I mean, I love how they've they've cross-promoted World War Z. I think that's brilliant. Uh, Brad Pitt must be just just jizzed about it. He's opening new bank accounts. (laughs) Angelina Jolie is shopping for more kids. I'm like, hey, we can afford more of these. This is fantastic. It's a bonanza. Absolute bonanza.
2: All right. I think that's enough of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Let's discuss what's happening to Julian Assange. Really? So, yeah, because of this clip, Hillary in Sweden.
1: Ooh.
17: Can you talk about the significance of Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State, going to Sweden? It's the first time in a very long time that a U.S. Secretary of State uh, is going to Sweden. Uh, First, it was announced the high court would be making its decision today, Glenn. Uh, And then uh, Sweden tweeted out that Hillary Clinton would be coming there on Sunday.
6: Right. I mean, one of the the causes for concern is that there's been a flurry of activity recently um, with FBI agents harassing people who are are alleged to have some communication or contact or association with WikiLeaks. Um, A French citizen and an Icelandic citizen both in the past couple of weeks have been very aggressively accosted by FBI agents on foreign soil. And now you have these what looks to be high level meetings between, you know, the State Department, the Secretary of State and Swedish officials. Um, you know, there there really is not much of a secret that the Obama administration is busting at the seams uh, to punish Assange. Remember, this is an administration that has, more aggressively than any prior president, um, has punished people who are government employees who have been whistleblowers, um, and yet here's someone who's not a government employee, has no duty to, to, whip, to, to safeguard classified information, um, and yet it looks very much like the U.S. government is eager to get their hands on Julian Assange, and that has been the concern all along with going to Sweden. He has never been worried about facing these charges. He feels very confident that he will be ultimately vindicated, that there's nothing to them. I have no opinion one way or the other on that. He's always been willing to face these accusations. The The issue has always been that he, because he's not charged, there's been this extraordinary and unusual effort to get him onto Swedish soil, and the fear has always been that that is just a pretext for turning him over to the United States. Something
1: that Brit. Did I hear uh, the, the, the report state that Sweden tweeted? Yeah, the country kind of, of tweeting thing. The Sweden, the country of Sweden is on Twitter. Yes, yes, it, is it tweets. Is it at Sweden?
2: I, I, maybe I don't know. I didn't look <laughs> look it up, but I I know that they do tweet a lot of just like the State Department tweets. Which okay. is the, essentially our government tweeting.
1: No, it's uh, Lucifer.
2: It's dumb. But anyway, uh so they so the British courts have decided that it's okay to extradite him, even though there's no real court action in Sweden, it's just a prosecutor asking for the guy. And so they decided, well, screw him. He's a pain in the ass, so let's send him over to Sweden. And everybody knows that Sweden is where they're gonna they're gonna knuckle under and send him to us and we're gonna prosecute him. Kinda the way we did Noriega. Mhm. You know, the guy's not a U.S. citizen. He's got nothing to do with us. He's got no obligations to the United States. He's got his own thing, to work, at WikiLeaks, but just, somehow he's like a, you know, if we can't drone him, yeah. you know, it'd well, be a little we can. too obvious
1: if we did. Yeah, well, we could, we but could. I think it's too obvious. So she's going to go gonna... pick him up. She's going to go get him in the plane?
2: That's what it looks like.
19: <laughs> it's
2: the message is clear. Just
1: <laughs> wow. She's going to go pick him
2: up so the so they the i did watch the case as it went before the whatever they call supreme court of uk and they do have they're giving him 14 days because apparently they the the lawyer for assange they had all these arguments about why they can't ship him over there and then at the very end the rationale by the chief justice had nothing to do with anything that was done in the case. And so they're protesting the, their conclusions and they want, to make the, they want to make it one more argument. So they're going to allow him to do that. So Assange has got 14 days left.
1: Yeah, to, and t- then, to appeal. And then
2: he's off to su- Sweden and Hillary is there to, you know, strong arm the Swedes into turning him over. That should be a real carnival.
1: That should be fun to watch. Yeah. Come into my airplane. <laughs> Whoops, oh, out the door. Oh, oh, oh
7: the door closed <laughs> and
1: we took off. I'm so sorry. Wow. Anyway. Hey.
2: By the way, so I ran into a clip. I just thought this was a weird clip. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to play the clip. And then maybe something we can discuss in the future. But play the child poverty clip. This was on Democracy Now. It was a throwaway line. They didn't even say anything about it. And it's like, what?
17: New figures show the U.S. has one of the highest child poverty rates in the so-called developed world. According to UNICEF, out of 35 wealthy countries, only Romania has a higher child poverty rate than the United States' is 23%. Yeah.
2: So huh. we're number 34? Only Romania is 35 and everybody, we have more child poverty than, what? We're number two, baby.
1: we we're, well, we're on going, the bottom. Well, yeah, well, you gotta, you gotta reverse the chart. We're going for the number one spot. Yeah, when did that happen? Uh, probably around uh, 1972 was when it started. <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm so I'm following the Charles Taylor
1: case too. Now explain the Charles Taylor case.
2: Charles Taylor was the head of uh, what's country, and he, he took he, he attacked Sierra Leone. Was like, who was it what was it? Liberia. I think it's uh Liberia. Charles Taylor. Let's look and get the details. Now, so wasn't he the
1: blood up. the the diamonds guy? Yeah, he's the blood diamond guy.
2: Yeah. Uh we talked about him in yeah, the Yeah, Liberia. Past. Liberia. Yeah, he was the head of Liberia and then he went to Sierra Leone, he chopped off people's arms, and he's a he's a total creep. He's on,
1: he's he's on bath salts.
2: Could be. So there's all these different reports about him, and there's a good one here. I got two things to play, and then the one on democracy now dropped in a little tidbit. Maybe you knew about this, but I sure didn't know about it, and I find it peculiar. And again, they just drop, they just drop it in. They drop these bombs on the show, and then they never say anything. Here's the world court guy, by the way, uh, condemning him, a world criminal court. In this very weird, creepy, emotionless way, they have him you know, standing trial in The Hague, and the whole thing is is like a, it's is a very, I mean, I think this guy, is, you know, should have been, you know, he's a bad guy. And there's no doubt about that. But there's something creepy about this world court, and you can play that a little bit. This
11: betrayal outweighs the distinctions that, that might otherwise pertain to the modes of liability discussed above his sentence.
7: The judge spoke of a new era of accountability, sentence. effectively saying that because Charles Taylor had been a powerful man in West Africa should have shown more responsibility.
2: <laughs> no, so I really so I'm thinking, oh geez, I mean there's a, can, there's a, there's
1: can there's I just s- say something about the International Criminal Court? Yes. I'd like to receive the, uh, the dress code because they got some badass, uh, they
2: got, it's weird it looks like a science fiction movie.
1: Yeah, they got the well, it's like the high council, they've got the red robes and they've got the white beard thingy going on yeah. and they got special stripes and They they must have had a meeting. It's a kangaroo court. We're going to set up this court, man. But you know what? You're going to have to wear some really cool robes. The dresses we got are outrageous. They're bitching.
2: So uh, Democracy Now! had a good rundown of this uh, case. You have a short clip from it. And there's a little what in this... uh clip that i was was shaking my head going i didn't know that
17: and president charles taylor to 50 years in prison following his conviction on war crimes during sierra leone's civil war Taylor was found guilty last month of overseeing crimes, including murder, rape, conscripting child soldiers and sexual slavery. He's the first African head of state to be found guilty in an international court and the first head of state to be convicted since the Second World War. Earlier this year, U.S. officials confirmed long-held suspicions Taylor worked for the CIA (laughs) and other U.S. intelligence agencies during his emergence (laughs) as a warlord in the
1: 1980s. And he was on bath salts. Did you know that? No, I do now.
2: Go to his wiki page. There's no mention of him working for the CIA on the whole wiki page or any place else I've seen. And I guess we did somebody along the lines because they usually that's not the kind of mistake they make on that show. The the guy was a CIA guy.
1: Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I'll buy that immediately. Awesome.
2: Anyway. I just found that They were just like,
1: what? Trying to see. It looks like one guy in the court has a wig.
2: <laughs> no, they. I think a couple of them do. It's very, that old wig. let wig see.
1: Look. Wigs in the ICC. Yeah. Because, you know, it makes it look so, oh, no. International body declares no wig zone. Hmm. No, it's his hair. <laughs> no, look, they got wigs on. Uh, this one judge of the International Criminal Court in The Hague has been told lawyers appearing before her may not wear wigs. Oh, you can, but judges can't. Oh, no. There, here it is. There's is no official dress code at the ICC. So they're just dressing up like yes. this. blue? you can just make up whatever you want. That's great.
2: So they go get, a, get they get together amongst themselves and say, "I know what we're going to wear." These crazy robes.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Let me get. I got. I got. Check this one out. Oh man, the gold trim is awesome. Wow, that's very cool. I didn't know that. This man with a bird's nest on his head has been falsely introduced as my counsel. <laughs> so they said you can make up your own dress, kind of like uh, in the U.S. Army, you can make up your own. Uh, the medals you put on the on your jacket, right? You can have your own code. If you're a general, you can do anything you want. If you're a general, uh, they, but uh, but wigs are not allowed. It's and it's so subtle. No one ever talks about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look into this some more. That's interesting. I like dress gotta, codes.
2: Yeah, we need the, the dress code for the ICC.
1: Dress codes are interesting. Hey, um, I just want to pass by a couple of. Um, Uh European Union things. No clips, just uh some some quick little ditties that we've picked up. Uh European Commission has finally come out and said it, and they'd like to make this a bank union so that banks can bail out each other across state borders or country borders, but they call it. Anything
2: to keep the Germans from actually stepping up
1: to the plate. But to actually call it a, a, a bank union, I think, is pretty interesting. Uh, Brussels is uh, now advising Gitmo Nation Lowlands in the Netherlands to, as a part of their austerity measures, since it doesn't look like they'll actually make the 3%, to get rid of uh, mortgage uh, interest deduction. <laughs> yeah, that won't screw anybody. <laughs> of course, uh, the Greeks, uh, now we, ha- we had a-, a Greek pensioner who hung himself. Uh, we had, you know, of course, we had the guy who shot himself. Now one hung himself and said, I, you know, I can't stand it anymore. So now they're just, they're killing themselves in droves. And the Greeks are kind of angry about uh, Christine Lagarde's, you know, let them eat cake. where she said, you know, hey, you stupid Greeks, you got to pay taxes. And it turns out she doesn't actually pay taxes. And this is what I don't understand. She So she makes about, uh, what is it, about $600,000 a year. That's just her salary as reported. Because of her diplomatic status. Since when do you have, since when is the IMF, I mean, how does that qualify as diplomatic status? That's not a country, is it? No. So why do you get diplomatic status if you're at the IMF? I don't know. Mm. It sounds like a scam. Yeah.
2: Who agreed to
1: that? I don't know. And, the Greeks, and they get
2: paid the big bucks that need to be taxed.
1: And the Greeks now en masse are uh, complaining about chemtrails. They. Uh, well,
2: I haven't seen that
1: story. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, there's tons of pictures in the sky because, of course, I need to keep them a little calmer. And then uh, the Daily Bell reported this. I, I don't. I thought this was already in place, but apparently, Spain bans cash transactions over twenty five hundred euros.
2: So I, I sent a note to uh, Ignacio Garcia, our our guy on the street, mm-hmm. our guy feet on the ground in Spain. Yep. And I just, he sent a note back because I, I sent him an article that says that the Spanish may be the first country to bail from the Eurozone because they have the fallback. And he confirmed most of this. They can fall back to Latin America as their big connection and do fine because they, they're not like, you know, stuck with the European centric, you know, they don't have to be European centric. And, but he did mention a couple of things that I, I want to read. He says, uh, people here, just cause I thought this was interesting. Apparently, it's the government workers that are screwing things up. They just hired millions of them. He says we've been spending way too much and cuts have to be made apart from the banks who, of course, have a huge problem with their loans going bad. The biggest problem here is the enormous government machine. In Spain, we have four levels of government, five counting Europe, and all of them have been raising their salaries and privileges since democracy began 30 years ago. For example, in 2007, we had more official cars with chauffeurs in Spain than all those accounted for in the United States. (laughs) Awesome. All of the, the highest level Audi BMWs. And you usually say about waterworks people having huge salaries in small towns. Here's not so much salaries as up to 50 people doing the same work as I was doing 20, as I one person was doing 20 years ago. He goes on and on about this. And uh, this is kind of interesting. And, and he was more concerned with the irony of the fact that that bankia that everyone keeps saying is going to be broke. Mm-hmm. Apparently in the year 2000 says it was the world's, one of the world's greatest banks In the world, best banking in the world.
1: Sure. (laughs) Um, What can you talk about? What Garcia does? How does he? How does he garner this knowledge? He's unemployed. Okay. Does he? He's an engineer,
2: as far as I know.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: He's a good guy. You know, if you go to if you go uh, to Madrid, absolutely, he'll take you out into the bar scene. You get to have
1: some fun. All right, I think, I think we've pretty much shot our wad here. I don't know. Do I have anything left on the list? Yeah, so you had... Um,
2: the malware thing is kind yeah. of interesting. Is
1: this the uh, the flame thingy?
2: The flame thing. There's a guy, I was watching uh, Nation's Treasure, and they had this a couple of days. They had a CIA woman <laughs> now with some think tank.
1: Wait, Nation's Treasure? That's
2: good. That's a new one. The nation's treasure, PBS NewsHour. So they had this CIA woman on, and she actually started cringing. She wasn't with the CIA anymore, supposedly, and she was a bookkeeper for the CIA or something. She had a crazy position. But this guy who was a security guy, he just brought this up at the end, and I thought it was the most interesting of anything uh, anyone has said about this malware thing, which makes me wonder what the point of it is. For one thing, it's a 20-megabyte file. So it's not like some sneaky little virus. And then he, he, he kind of discusses
19: it here. Uh, absolutely. And so there's definitely research ongoing right now. It may take some time to really unravel this, as it is a fairly large and sophisticated piece of code. However, most of the security experts that I've spoken with and, and different people in the community have generally come to the conclusion, and this may be somewhat flawed at this point, that this is not actually anything that new. In fact... Most of the capabilities that seem to be within Flame, we've seen for over 10 years. Uh, In fact, these monitoring capabilities and the ability to get keystrokes from a keyboard or turn on the microphone on a system, we've had those for quite some time. So in fact, what we're seeing here is unique only in the sense that it's all bundled into one piece of malware and that it's been deliberately put out Again, to specific targets that really raise some different questions. The malware itself does not really seem to be that unique other than that.
4: All right. I will remind all, you, John. Steve Shank- Shackelford and Catherine Lotriante. Thank you both John, very much. I,
19: I will remind you that
1: I said, now this has got to go back a year and a half ago, I said... Uh, that Google is really the the virus, and that they, you know the capability to listen, to turn on your microphone, turn on your cam, all the stuff. It's all coming, and here it is. So it's called Flame, and I'm not quite. What is what? What do you think is the the? the I mean, there's code in here somewhere. This Flame. I, thing. I
2: have not figured that out, and I'm wondering if this is not actually a distro as opposed to any real malware. Well,
1: I have. In other well, words. I have a report that might help us out here.
19: An extremely powerful computer virus is attacking computers across the Middle East, but especially in Iran. That news came today from a Russian security firm. It said the flame virus can turn computers into spy tools that even pull information from nearby cell phones. (laughs) Iran blamed Israel for another virus attack two years ago that disrupted part of Iran's nuclear program. Today, Israel would not confirm or deny a role in this new attack.
1: How does that work? How do you pull in information from nearby cell phones? What is that? I know how to do that. Well, how it with, does it? With Bluetooth, maybe.
2: No, it turns on your microphone.
1: Yeah. And listens to you talk on the cell phone. So, but you have to be on the same network, I guess.
2: No, you'd be ready. You have to be
1: near the microphone. No, no, but it says that the, that the 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 flame is installed on your computer and then it can activate nearby cell phones. How does that it never, work?
2: He doesn't really say that. I mean, it's, mm. I think what he's referring to, I, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe the Bluetooth does have something to do with it. But when this thing is decoded, it's going to be, or de, uh, de, what's it called when you reverse engineer it? It's going to just have like all kinds of modules. It's, well, yeah, no, I, think, it's, I think it's a distro. I think they sent this out. So you need modules? We got them all. They're all in here. I'm thinking
1: it's Google. Well, it could be. And that makes the most sense. It, well, to if, you. Yeah, but if any
2: none of it makes
1: sense. Well, there's only uh, I'll tell you there's only one program I know of that uh can access your hardware in such a manner, can store data, large amounts by without, you know, you have to actually say no, I don't want you to do that, and that's flash. Yeah, flash has, has all that capability built right into it. And, well, flash and flame. There's your connection. There you go. Oh, there you go. I like that. And you know, and and flash has been upgrading a lot recently. If you haven't yeah, noticed, we just go away. Is there a way to can we does, can we deconstruct flash? Reverse engineer was the word you're looking for. Thank you, chat room. Yes. Reverse engineer. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Flash has something to do with it. I'm. Uh, I'm not buying this Israeli bull crap at all. Not for a second. Um, but it doesn't surprise me. And, you know, and who's got the time? Who's got the time to listen to all that bullshit? You remember, So, I, ha- yeah. I, was say, remember, so remember? I have
2: one last clip I want to get out of the way. Okay. Just to bring back the the real thing that's going to go on in the next six months is the money that's going to be pouring into these media companies. And I didn't realize now it it's like, looks like a race. So the amount of money they're going to spend, I don't understand how the media companies just don't say, you know, this is, I mean, they're just encouraging it, especially with a report like this.
18: Are lining up to put additional unrestricted amounts of money behind him. Politico reported today that Republican super PACs and other groups are prepared to spend up to $1 billion on the presidential and congressional races this year. Chief among the spenders, billionaire industrialist Charles and David Koch, giving $395 million for political advocacy. And the pro-Romney super PAC, Restore Our Future, planning to spend $100 million on advertising. By contrast, outside Democratic groups are expected to spend a total of three to five hundred million, only about half of the total of their Republican counterparts. All of which means that 2012 will certainly be the most expensive election ever, with both sides poised to spend one billion dollars apiece.
1: <laughs> Hello, hey. Yeah, hey, why don't you support us with five dollars a month?
2: Yeah, we're trying to guess what I wanted <laughs> to play this clip. It's like we can't get five dollars to some of the guys listening to our show, but meanwhile, billions, billions of dollars are being spent on essentially advertising.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep our eye on everything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay a little closer attention to Adobe. Looks like the stock is kind of hovering around a thirty mark right now. Gotta watch our news. I don't trust those guys. I think that's, the, I, that, that's that's how I would that, do it. That's how I do it.
2: The no, the normal. Uh, I mean, have you seen these this little flash error message that crops up in front of half of the videos because something's trying to access your memory? Have you gotten that at
1: all? No, I don't have that one.
2: I get that on my machine. It shows up. It's like you have to try to click on it, but it's it's, it's as long. As I, it's, a, it's a pet peeve. I'll write about it. Never mind. Okay. it Doesn't need all to right. be on this show.
1: Hey, we're gonna do the Ed Klein. Is that the uh, ender show clip? Yeah, I might as well. Okay, that's uh, Ed Klein on uh, Valerie Jarrett, the true ruler of the United States of Gitmo Nation proper. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. Dvorak.org slash NA. Keep us rolling so we can keep hitting them in the mouth. Coming to you. from Camp MoFo here in the capital of the drone star state. In the morning, everybody, my name is Adam Curry.
2: And from northern Silicon Valley, calm as ever. I'm John C. Dvorak.
1: We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda.
8: Valerie Jarrett has a mysterious hold over the president and the first lady and has influenced the president to make some unwise decision. Here's how the president describes his relationship with senior advisor Valerie Jarrett. Valerie is one of my oldest friends. Over time, I think our relationship evolved to the point where she's like a sibling to me. I trust her completely. So, who is Valerie Jarrett and why does she have such an influence on President Obama? Ed Klein is the author of the soon to be number one New York Times bestseller, the amateur Barack Obama in the White House. Good morning to you. Good morning. Nice to have you. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. Uh, she has unique power yes. for somebody working inside the White House.
7: We haven't seen anything like this in modern presidential history. One person who's the best friend of the First Lady and the soulmate of the President. Who is the last person to leave the Oval Office after a meeting? Goes upstairs to the family quarters, has dinner with the president, goes on vacation with him, has his ear, is de facto right. president of the United States. Wow, that is
8: big. Well, let's talk about her resume. Does she have the resume to have this job?
7: No, she doesn't. But what she does have is the trust of Michelle Obama, number one, whom she hired in Chicago, and the president. Who uses her as his gatekeeper? Mm-hmm. She keeps away people who might come in, and in some way embarrass the president, um, try to get him to do things that he doesn't want to do. She she is the radar. Right. For the president and the first lady.
8: Uh, uh, you referred to, in your book, you talk about she has also been responsible for much of the incompetence and amateurism that have been the hallmarks of Obama's time in office. Let's talk about some of the things. Uh, the SEAL Team 6 raid that killed Osama bin Laden.
7: This is the one time that the president that I know of didn't take her advice. For months, she argued that he should not send a SEAL team in there because she was afraid that if it didn't work, it would be a political disaster for him. He did not take her advice that one time, and it, things worked out very nicely. Right, and that's the biggest thing of his uh, administration that's because right.
8: they were going to hang their hat on health care. But David Axelrod said, Mr. President, don't do it. And she said, Do it. Go for broke.
7: You came here to engineer social change in this country. I mean, she's a very, very liberal person. And she, for instance, uh, urged him to uh, put that mandate on church-related organizations that were required to give free health care for contraceptives. This was against the advice of Joe Biden, the vice president, against the advice of Bill Daley. Bill Daley brought Cardinal Dolan into the Oval Office to try to get the president to reverse himself. And when Valerie Jarrett heard that, she went to the president, blew her stack, and Bill Daley was shortly Ushered out.
8: Yeah, more powerful than the cheap. That, that's something. A lot of people were curious why on earth would the President of the United States have gone to Copenhagen to push for the Summer Olympics to go to Chicago? Well, she used to work for Mayor Daley, the mayor of Chicago. Is there a connection?
7: A big connection because um, if the Olympics had gone to Chicago, there were billions of dollars that would have been spent on building Olympic uh, infrastructure. Uh, the president did take her advice, did go to Copenhagen, and of course, as we know, he came back with egg on his face because we didn't get the Olympics.
8: Real quickly, Ed, before you go, the mainstream media has really ignored the amount of influence this woman from Chicago has over this
7: administration. It is quite amazing because she is really ground central, zero, ground zero in the White House, and the administration has um, followed her advice and the mainstream media has largely ignored it. No kidding. All right. We'll read all about her in the amateur Barack Obama oh, in the White
8: House.
14: Hey Klein. Dvorak.org slash N A.